is MRN's Throwback Thursday, brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength, and by Sunoco and Grunt Style. This is Ken Squire. Time now for MRN.com's Throwback Thursday, classic NASCAR races from the Motor Racing Network's Race Archive. After rainouts on October 2nd and 3rd, NASCAR's Winston Cup drivers return to the North Wilkesboro Speedway in North Carolina for today's running of the Holly Farms 400. And like every other short track on the circuit, the beating and banging is just an accepted part of the racing action. Here's driver Greg Sachs. Well, I tell you, what I do is... I like to do unto others as they do unto me. I mean, I really go by that rule. Um, depending on how a guy races me, that's how I like to race him back. If someone's going to lean on you, you're going to lean back. But uh, that's basically the way I go about it. Today, from Wilkes County, North Carolina, and the North Wilkesboro Speedway, Motor Racing Network brings you live coverage of the Holly Farms 400. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. Good afternoon, everyone, from the North Wilkesboro Speedway. An absolutely gorgeous autumn day here at the track this afternoon, and I think we'll see one of the best short track races that we've seen all year long. We have a lot to do in a very short time. Let's go trackside right now to the front row. Bill Elliott and Alan Kulwicki will lead the field of the green this afternoon. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. Bill Elliott's on the pole for the Holly Farms 400. Had a track that's been good to him in the past as far as finishing in the top 10. He's raced here 11 times. He's finished in the top 10 eight times. So when you're racing for those valuable Winston Cup points, it's, it's been a good racetrack for you. Well, you know, Wilkesboro has always been a good racetrack. But, you know, still yet we've got to run 400 laps today and see what happens. Everybody's going to be running good from what I saw a competition yesterday. But still, we'll, we'll do the best we can and hope we just have a good day. Did the track change a lot from the week you left or you came back? Not a great deal. It, it was not too slick yesterday. Usually after they run that modified race on Saturday, it gets reasonably slick before you know, when we go out on that last practice Saturday afternoon. But it wasn't too much different. Good luck to you today. Thanks a lot. Wilkesboro has always been one of Elliott's best short tracks since he started running the short tracks a few years ago. Uh, flanking him on the outside front row, Alan Kulwicki of Greenfield, Wisconsin. Let's go there right now to Alan Bestwick. Alan Kulicki strapping on his helmet in the Xerox Ford, trying to get ready to run 400 laps this afternoon. Alan, the track this week so far has been the change in track conditions from the last time we were here two weeks ago. In the practice yesterday afternoon, how did that affect your car? Well, it's not as slippery as it normally would be. Normally, you'd been here for two days, and they had run a, a modified race before it. And by Saturday afternoon, the track's starting to get slick like it'll be in the race. Right now, you know, because we haven't been here for two weeks and it's rained, it's much cleaner than normal, not as slippery as usual, and, and the cars will probably be just a little bit tighter to start the race. Alan Kalicki's had several good runs at this racetrack in the past, too, and he's looking for another good one today. Yeah, we are. Uh, hopefully we'll get our first win here with the Xerox Amico Ford Thunderbird. And I'd like to say hi to my secretary, Bobby, who's uh, hopefully getting out of the hospital today and hope she gets well soon and gets back to work and help us keep this team organized. Bobby had worked with us at Motor Racing Network in Florida as well. We wish her well. Alan Kulwicki, outside pole today. Right now, only 109 points separating the Winston Cup point leader, Bill Elliott, from the man who was standing by trackside with Jim Phillips. Rusty Wallace, you're 109 points out of the Winston Cup lead. You made up some ground last week at Charlotte. Yeah, we sure did. I hope I can make up some more up here. 
Uh, Bill's running good, and all the competitors here are running good, so it's just going to have to see how it turns out. Our car is running strong, but, uh, you know, as anybody knows, anything can happen here at Wilkesboro. I'm going to drive aggressively but defensively and uh, look ahead of me the whole time. That's going to be hard to do. That's three things in one race, and so, uh, but that's what i got to do as close as we are in the points right now. Is this a track as slick as it gets that you can charge on? It's pretty hard to charge real hard in this track because the track is real slick as the race goes on. And it's really who's handling the best, just like any other racetrack. A driver's going to have to be able to run low and maneuver himself underneath cars to get around this place. Good luck to you. Thank you very much. Let's go down to further down pit road to Alan Bestwick. Well, Jim, if the word home track advantage comes into play in Winston Cup Racing, it does here at North Wilkesboro with Junior Johnson's car. And I'm standing by with his driver, Terry Labonte. Terry, you've won the last two Winston Cup races here at Wilkesboro in a row. How do you feel about your chances today? Well, I feel awful good about it. My car was working good yesterday in practice. It's going to be awful tough today. There's a lot of guys really running good, so uh, we'll just have to do our best and, uh, and uh, see what happens. Is there such a thing as a home track advantage? Well, you know, Junior's cars have run here uh, an awful lot and run good and won a lot of races here, so I guess if anybody does have a home field advantage, it's us. Well, when it comes around to the finish, you can count on this car being there. That's Terry Labonte in Junior Johnson's Budweiser Chevrolet. It'd be hard to pick a favorite in the field today. If you had to, there'd be at least five or six cars. It would really be an equal toss-up as to who had the best shot to win this thing. It ought to be some great competition. Let's take a look at the 32 cars. It'll go off the line here very shortly. Back in 32nd position this afternoon, Benny Parsons of Ellerby, North Carolina, qualified the Bullseye Barbecue Sauce Ford. Benny has elected to get out of the car this weekend, and Jimmy Means of Forest City, North Carolina, will start the car. We'll talk about that a little bit more as the afternoon goes by. 31st position, Rick Wilson of Bartow, Florida, the Kodak Film Oldsmobile, 30th starter, Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin, and the Lifeboy Chevrolet. Morgan Shepard of Conover, North Carolina, will be starting 29th in the Heinz Ketchup Racing Buick. 28th is Bobby Hillen of Midland, Texas, in the Miller High Life Buick. 27th on the field is Mike Waltrip of Owensboro, Kentucky, the Country Time Lemonade Pontiac. 26th starter, young Rob Moroso. What a story there of Madison, Connecticut, in the Moroso Racing Oldsmobile. 25th, Lee Falk of Live Oak, Florida, in the Slender U Salons Oldsmobile. 24th is Ken Bouchard. He's from Fitchburg, Massachusetts, in the Whitcomb Racing Ford. Mike Alexander will be 23rd in the starting order this afternoon out of Franklin, Tennessee, in the Miller High Life Buick. 22nd, way back in the field, Dale Earnhardt from Kannapolis, North Carolina, the Goodrich Chevrolet. Won't take him long to get to the front if the car is hooked up. 21st starter, Darrell Walter for Franklin, Tennessee, in the Tide Chevrolet. 20th starter is Sterling Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee, the Piedmont Airlines Underalls Oldsmobile. 19th, Dale Jarrett of Conover, North Carolina. That's Cale Yarborough's Hardy's Oldsmobile. 18th is Kyle Petty of Randleman, North Carolina, the Sitco Ford. And 17th is Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California, the Kroger Pepsi Chevrolet. 16th, Richard Petty of Randleman, North Carolina, the SDP Pontiac. Going 15th in the Buddy Baker cars, Greg Sachs of Manitouk, New York the Red Baron Frozen Pizza Oldsmobile. 14th is Brett Bodine of Chemung, New York, the Crisco Ford. 13th, Davey Allison of Hueytown, Alabama. That's the Haviland Star Ford Thunderbird. 12th, Rusty Wallace, from whom you've already heard. He's out of St. Louis, Missouri, in the Kodiak Pontiac. And 11th is Neil Bonnet of Hueytown, Alabama. That is the Valvoline Pontiac. The top 10 who got in in the first day of qualifying in 10th position, Phil Parsons of Detroit, Michigan, in the Crown Oldsmobile. The ninth starter, Terry Labonte, out of Corpus Christi, Texas, the Budweiser Chevrolet of Junior Johnson. Eight starter is Jeff Bonine of Chemung, New York, the Levi Garrett Chevrolet. Harry Gant goes seventh on the field this afternoon from Taylorsville, North Carolina, just over the mountain ridge here. He's in the Skull Bandit Chevrolet. The sixth starter, Mark Martin of Batesville, Arkansas, the Strolite Ford. Starting fifth is Lake Speed of Jackson, Mississippi, and the Winds Kmart Oldsmobile. The fourth position belongs to Ricky Rudd out of Chesapeake, Virginia, and the Quaker State Racing Buick. Ken Schrader's 
will qualify third from Fenton, Missouri, in the Folgers Coffee Chevrolet in the front row. A couple of Fords, Alan Kulwicki of Greenfield, Wisconsin, in the Z-Rex Ford, and Bill Elliott of Dawsonville, Georgia, in the Coors Ford Thunderbird. He'll be on the pole. That's the starting lineup. The engines have fired down on pit road. Looks like they're going to sit there for a minute or two and kind of get the oil circulating in the motors. It's a little bit chilly here. It'll go up to perhaps as high as 70 degrees this afternoon, and in contrast to a couple of weeks ago, Eli Gold, Old Mother Nature has really come back strong and provided an absolutely gorgeous day. It really has been beautiful and of course you know this area very well you just live a few miles from the north wilkesboro speedway why don't we just go back a couple of weeks and recap a little of what went on here in and around the rain delay rick wilson's kodak film oldsmobile is all the way at the back of the field he had qualified on goodyear tires and you remember we told you back on october the second that his team had opted to change brands and they are on the hoosiers starting here today as would have been the case on the original schedule date so because of that change rick wilson is going shotgun on the field here today, but the qualifying was so very close, there were teams that broke the event qualifying record here at North Wilkesboro and still couldn't get in to the top ten. You've heard a fourth course from the fellas down on Pitt Road, and I'm Eli Gold, Barney Hall, the anchor man of Motor Racing Network, the other member of our crew here this afternoon, standing atop the Holly Farm scoreboard between turns three and four from Hampton, Virginia, Joe Moore. Thank you, Eli. Good afternoon, everyone. As you pointed out, Eli, a few moments ago, it's certainly quite a contrast to the last time we were here at North Wilkesboro, then a drizzly, miserable day with cool temperatures. Today, a spectacular fall day here. Temperatures in the 70s. The skies are clear. It looks like a great day to go racing. You know, at the racetrack here, we go around and around, but also these cars go up and down, the front straightaway. And for the downgrade on the front stretch, on the back stretch, they come back uphill. A slight decline and a slight incline, but it really doesn't make a lot of difference to the drivers. What makes a difference to them is the fact this racetrack is wide enough to where they can get too wide coming into the corner. Coming up the hill on the back stretch, many times they'll get side by side, and we see a lot of action here in turns three and four. That's where I'll be keeping a close tab on what's going on here today. Down this back stretch and through turns three and four in the Holly Farms 400. There'll be a couple of things that we'll keep our eye on. Obviously, the points battle for the Winston Cup Championship could be a close one. It could swing either way here today. Should Bill Elliott have a real good finish, even win this thing, and Rusty Wallace have a bad finish, it would almost eliminate his chances to win it, along with Dale Earnhardt also. But if that position were reversed, Eli, and Bill Elliott should have a bad finish here, not get in all that many laps, then both of them suddenly get back in the hunt. That's something we'll watch. And with races next week at Rockingham, and then moving on to Phoenix, Arizona, and Atlanta, Georgia, the point battle could well be very much up for grabs and far from over. The field working their way uphill, as Joe Moore told you, on that back straightaway towards turn number three. Jim Graham is at the wheel of the Pontiac Grand Prix safety car. The lights are out as the field forms up two by two in front of Joe Moore for the start. Safety car drops down on the inside of the racetrack as the two Fords of Bill Elliott and Alan Kulwicki are waiting for their turn to go. They're off turn four and looking for the green flag. Standing up in the starting stand, Harold Kinder will be the flagman this afternoon. They come out of turn number four down to the line and we're underway in the Holly Farm 400. Elliott punches the button, pulls up by half a car length as they hit turn number one, trying to get out in front of Alan Kulwicki. He'll be able to do it out of the corner. Kulwicki gets caught in that outside lane, but he's able to tuck back in. Elliott takes it wide. Kulwicki tries to get a line down on the inside to get back alongside and battle. He's not able to do it. They're single file off turn four. The man on the move on the outside is Phil Parsons. He started in tenth. He's now in sixth as Mark Martin's car kicks 
out on him here going downhill into turn number one. He'll lose a couple of positions. Here's Bill Elliott leading the way by a car length over Alan Kulwicki. Ken Schrader sits in the third spot. Fourth is Ricky Rudd. Fifth now is Lake Speed. Sixth, a side-by-side battle. Jeff Bodine and Phil Parsons. Phil Parsons is caught in that outside lane. Now with fresh rubber on the car and just starting on a green racetrack, he could run outside for a lap or two, but it won't take long before he'll need to tuck back in or he'll find himself dropping down a position or two to the cars behind him. They're up the back chute. Elliott's still in front. Still watching Mark Martin trying to get back up to speed. He's about ninth in line now. Cars are getting by him. Parsons has gone by. Now Harry Gannis made his move down to the inside to bypass Mark Martin. The man on the move also, Dale Earnhardt, starting 22nd. He's running 17th now. He's directly behind the Ford of Kyle Petty and just ahead of the Ford of Davey Allison. Meanwhile, the leaders work to turn three. Single file back into turn number three. Elliott by a car length over Alan Kowicki. Kowicki by two car lengths over Ken Schrader. Front 10 or 12 spots are going to run single file a lap or two until they make exactly sure how this racing surface is, how it feels as they work in and out through the south end of the racetrack and the north end for turns one and two and three and four. Interesting to watch Darrell Waltrip. He's caught way back toward the tail end of the field. Some really good cars are back there, including Sterling Marlin, Davey Allison, Darrell Waltrip, and Dale Earnhardt. They're out of turn number four and back into the straightaway. Elliott's the leader right behind him. Still, Alan Kowicki. Third is Kenny Schrader. Fourth is Ricky Rudd. Lake Speed continues to ride fifth. Sixth is Jeff Bodine. Seventh is Phil Parsons. Harry Gantz, eighth. Ninth is Mark Martin. And rounding out tenth position is Terry Labonte. Single file, back in three. Watching further back in the field as Darrell Walter tries to work his way around some of that traffic. Dale Jarrett is there with him. They just got around a gaggle of cars. They went three wide one time here, making their move up into turn number three. Ernie Irvin now kicks out a little bit as Walter tries to get some ground underneath him. Ernie Irvin trying to chase down Ken Bouchard in the points today with the Champion Sears Rookie of the Year battle winding down midway or near the latter portion of this season. Nearer the point, Terry Labonte and now Rusty Wallace challenge Mark Martin as they work through turns three and four. Labonte makes a move to the inside and now Rusty Wallace will try and follow suit and going downhill into turn number one. He'll make the pass on Mark Martin, but Mark has his hands full again. Mark tries to go to the bottom of the racetrack and block a move there by the Neil Bonnet machine. Bonnet drops down to the inside of the racetrack, tries to get up alongside, not able to do it. So once again, they go back into single file off turn four. Mark Martin had been having a little trouble in both ends of the racetrack, keeping the car pinned right to the bottom. That's the quick way around right now, and that's where most of the rubber was worked into the speedway in those two hours of practice yesterday afternoon. He keeps it in line this time. Leaders back in turn three. Bill Elliott shows the way. Alan Kowicki sits in the second spot. One car we're watching is Jeff Bodine. He's about fifth in line now, trying to get around the Lake Speed car. He's tried it on the outside. Just this time, coming off turn number four, Bodine tried to get some ground down on the inside. They're down in turn number one now, coming off two and onto the back straightaway. Bodine again will try to go high. Lake Speed blocks the move. Well, meanwhile, right behind them, a side-by-side battle. That's for the seventh spot. It's... Harry Gant down on the inside and Phil Parsons on the outside. The men who will be corporate teammates next year. Harry Gant makes the pass on Phil Parsons, grabbing seventh spot. Back at 17th position, Mike Alexander worked his way around Davey Allison. Finally works his way free and pulls away while Earnhardt also tries to claw his way to the front. Earnhardt drops to the inside of the racetrack, but right in front of him now is the Greg Sachs machines that come back into turn number three. They'll go single file this time by. The drivers that started back about midway in the pack know they have to have a little patience here at North Wilkesboro. They're not going to do anything foolish. This is a very critical race for a lot of them, not only for the Winston Cup Points Championship, but just to finish real well and have a shot to win. you got to be around at the end. It's an old cliche, but it's very true. If you get that car damaged, bent up, knocked out of line or whatever in the early going, all you can do is kind of ride the rest of the day, and no driver wants to do that. Elliott continues to set the pace. 
His short track program has really come together in 1988. He's ahead of Kowicki now by a couple of car lengths as they work back to the north end of the track. Battle is for the fifth spot. Jeff Modine finally made the move down to the inside and got around the lake speed car. He's picked up the spot and now two car lengths over speed. Jeff really made it pay off going downhill into turn number one. And it's very easy to find yourself going too quickly into turn number one here as Harry Gant and Lake Speed find out as they beat off one another just a bit. Gant tries to take the same line that Bodine did on the last lap, but Lake Speed's able to hold him off here for the time being. That particular pack led by Speed. Gant is there and also Phil Parsons. They're in single file off turn four. Harry Gant is by North Wilkesboro pretty much as he used to be at Martinsville. If he gets the car dialed into his liking, he can do some business at this racetrack. He's won here. He's had some of his best runs at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. Has a little extra incentive to run even better here this afternoon. His hometown is less than 15 miles from the racetrack over in Taylorsville, North Carolina, and he probably knows that he has more fans that he knows on a personal basis that come here to watch him run than any place on the circuit. Plus, with the season winding down, he'll be leaving that team. A victory would mean an awful lot to him here this afternoon. He's continuing to work on Lake Speed, tried to get underneath him this time out of turn two, won't be able to do it. They're up the back stretch. Lake Speed gets a good bite coming off that corner, is able to keep a car behind him, unless the car's got a whole lot of bite of his own coming up underneath him. That's what Jeff Bodine used to get by a little while ago, but for Gannett, it hasn't worked yet. Well, this time going back into turn number one, Harry gets the inside move on Lake Speed, but Lake can get off the corner a bit more quickly than can Harry at this juncture of the race, and that position settles down. We are 15 laps into the Holly Farms 400 as Ernie Irvin makes an unscheduled pit stop. Bill Elliott leads. Alan Kowicki is second. Ken Schrader third. Fourth is Ricky Rudd and Jeff Bodine fifth. That ongoing sixth place battle has Lake Speed just ahead of Harry Gant in seventh. Phil Parsons is eighth. Terry Labonte ninth. And tenth is Rusty Wallace. Close call on turn number two for Lee Falk. His car kicked out to the high side as he was being lapped, and now the lead cars again set their sights on him as lapping begins. They're out of turn number four and down into the straightaway. Bill Elliott's caught the tail end of the field. We'll see some cars going a lap down here in just a moment. Ernie Irvin, who made a pit stop a moment ago, changed the right side tires on that car. He came back out in track position right among the two front runners, and he gave Alan Kulwicki, a fit for four or five laps, finally moved on around him and now goes after Bill Elliott. He's just running that well. Elliott has caught traffic out of turn number four. Right now is when you don't want to make a mistake. When you catch the tail end of the field and this two-by-two traffic, you've got to pick your way through. This may allow some of the other cars to close up a little bit. The leader is Elliott. Riding second is Kulwicki. Third is Ricky Rudd. A ways back now to fourth place. That's Jeff Bonine. Good battle going on for fifth spot up the back straightaway. Harry Gantz working on Ken Schrader there for that fifth position. They were side-by-side on the last lap. This time, though, Schrader holds the spot as Gantz has to follow him off turn four. One of the quicker cars on the track now, Darrell Waltrip's tied Chevrolet. He's just grabbed 17th position away from Dale Earnhardt. And remember, just not that many laps ago, we were telling you how Darrell was caught back in race traffic. The leaders with Kulwicki closing in on Elliott now head to turn three while he'll crams Michael Waltrip for an unscheduled pit stop. Alan Bestwick. Time crew goes to the right side, doesn't change tires, a little fuel in the car, and away it goes. We'll get back with the report in a minute. So the Country Time Lemonade car quickly off pit road, and we will get that report as Bill Elliott continues to pick his way around this racetrack now with a lot of traffic in front of him, Joe. Elliott works on the high side of one of those lapped cars, Ernie Irvin. Irvin's a lap down, but he's staying right there with the front runners. Elliott crosses the start-finish line, goes to the outside. There's a gaggle of about five or six cars directly ahead. And in that pack of traffic is Jimmy Means driving this afternoon the car of Junie Donlevy. Benny Parsons is out of the car for this weekend. He'll be back in it at Rockingham next week. Heavy traffic, traffic again up in turn three. Forces the leaders to go to the outside this time to try to get by. And still, they've got a lot of work to do to get around those slower cars. 
Let's set the field as they work back into turn number one. Ricky Rudd closing in on the top two. It is Elliott ahead of Kulwicki and Rudd, and the lead cars trying to pick their way around the outside of the slower machines. Once again, into turn number three, leaders go out to the outside of the racetrack, but ahead of them, the slower cars are lined up double wide, so no matter which way they go, they've got to deal with those slower machines. And with Elliott not being able to make up any ground right now and run free on the racetrack, so to speak, it has allowed the field to really tighten up. Right behind him, just a quarter of a car length back is Alan Kowicki. On his bumper now is Ricky Rudd. About six or seven car lengths back is Jeff Bodine. They're back in three. Bodine is trying to catch up with that bunch, but he probably doesn't uh, really... Is too, he's not, probably not really excited about catching up with the cars because of all the traffic that's right ahead. Also watching Harry Gant trying to get around some of the lap traffic. Ken Trader back behind him as they work their way back into turn number one and off turn number two onto the back straightaway. Slower cars are beginning to drop down to the inside. Finally, Elliott has broke free. He now pulls up alongside the Dave Marcus car, and Alan Kowicki, too, is able to break free and move to the outside of the track. If you're a fan of Dale Earnhardt, he had worked his way up to about 16th position, but now is being bypassed by Davey Allison at 20th place. So Davey will go by relegating Earnhardt back to 21st position. That is not working as well as Earnhardt would like here early. And it was strange, Barney, because not that many laps ago, he was going to the front in a hurry. Now he seems to have uh, settled back into the pace. Well, there's five cars locked up in that battle for 16th position with Earnhardt in there with Davey Allison, Richard Petty, Greg Sachs, and Kyle Petty. They'll come out of turn number four and move back into the straightaway. Waltrip continues to run well. He is a thinking race driver if there ever was one. When that car has a little free running ground, he'll make up as much time as he can on the leaders. Otherwise, if he's caught in traffic, he'll pick and choose his time, save that machine for the latter stages of the race. Good battle still going on back there now. It's for 17th position in front of Joe Moore. Kyle Petty drops to the inside of his dad, Richard Petty. They're battling for a spot while behind them it's a Dale Earnhardt car. Earnhardt makes a nice move down underneath Richard to pick up the spot from him. All the while at the front of the field going uphill into turn number three. Bill Elliott still leads. Alan Kowicki is second. Ricky Rudd is third. Lake Speed or at least, excuse me, uh, Jeff Bodine now running in a tight fourth spot. Fifth belongs to Harry Gant. Sixth now is Kenny Schrader with Phil Parsons going seventh. Lake Speed is eighth. Ninth is Terry Labonte and tenth Rusty Wallace. Our first battle for the lead this afternoon in turn three. On the last lap coming off turn number two Kowicki dropped down on the inside of Bill Elliott. They're still racing side by side. Kowicki is strong. He chased Elliott down, got up there put a move on him a couple of times in both ends of the racetrack, made it pay off a moment ago out of turn number four. Now he gets around him and will pull away by a car length, and Elliott's going to lose second spot. Ricky Rudd's about to take it away in the backstretch. Hole is open up on the inside of the racetrack, and Rudd quickly fills the hole, getting down underneath Bill Elliott. So Rudd now picks up the second spot. Jeff Bodine has the same idea. He wants to try and make a move for third, Bodine does. He'll bypass the Coors Ford to the inside. So it's Kowicki now leading Ricky Rudd, Jeff Bodine, and here comes Harry Gant. He wants fourth place. Gant, too, pulls up a alongside Bill Elliott, so the popular thing up front now is get by Elliott. They're all doing it. Going into turn number three, Gant takes the low side of the racetrack. He, too, moves by and passes by Elliott. It's been strange to watch Bill Elliott at North Wilkesboro in the last couple of years, particularly. He'd qualify well, run strong, sometimes get the lead, and was able to keep it for some 10, 15, 20, or 30 laps. But then when the car did start going away a little bit, it really went back in a hurry. It's happened again to him here this afternoon. Alan Kowicki is the leader. Ricky Rudd now rides second. He's having a strong run. Jeff Bodine has worked his way up into third. Harry Gant has a, having a good run also in the early going this afternoon. He is fourth. Fifth now is Elliott. Back in sixth position as they work out of the corner is Phil Parsons. 
Seventh position still belongs to Kenny Schrader. The lead trio is in the back straightaway. Alan Kuwicki has quickly picked up about a four-car length lead over second-place Ricky Rudd. Once he got by all the traffic, he has really set sail. He leads him off turn four. Again, Rudd is second. Third is Jeff Bodine. Right behind him and fourth is Gant. We had told you earlier that Michael Waltrip made an unscheduled pitch stop back on lap 25. Alan Bestwick, what did they find? Well, he came in and crew chief Mike Keene reported that they had the right rear fender down rubbing against the tire. Just one of those things from Winston Cup short track racing that cost you time on the racetrack. We had also talked about the handling of Mark Martin's car, Dale Earnhardt's car. Jim Phillips has been canvassing the crew chiefs here early in this race to see whether their cars are dialed in as best they'd like, Jim. This track is so critical on tire stagger, those two cars are a little bit off. The Mark Martin car, according to Steve Mill, is real loose, so he's just trying to hang on. Dale Earnhardt's car is the same. They started with just a little bit too much tire stagger, the difference between the left and the right side. A lot of these teams started with only an eighth of an inch difference in the two rear tires. There is a bunch of cars on the speedway in the early going here in the Holly Farms 400 that are already having handling troubles through both ends of this racetrack. Terry Labonte is one of those cars pushing badly coming out of turn number four. Can't seem to keep it down at all. Mark Martin has had some problems, as we documented there just a moment ago. Lake Speed's car is not sticking at the bottom of the racetrack like it was. Neither is Davey Allison or Kyle Petty or Dale Earnhardt also. So it's obvious that a lot of the teams who thought they really had it dialed in in that final practice session yesterday afternoon are going to be making some adjustments when they make that first round of pit stops whenever it comes. Back in the corner, working around this racetrack, Kulwicki setting a blistering pace. He has been feeling like he has been due to win a race in the last six or seven. He came close at Pocono, I guess, wasn't it, where he and Earnhardt had that good hot yep. battle earlier in the season. He's won a bunch of polls this year, but he says the polls don't get it done. We need to win a race. Exactly right. At this point, they need to get that big victory, and you've got to think it's coming just around the corner as well as that team has run. Right now, further back in the field, Mike Alexander beginning to pick off some positions as he works his way towards the front. Kenny Schrader, meanwhile, is directly ahead of Mike Alexander, the Folgers coffee car, having backtracked just a bit through the field. So we are early, if you're just joining us, on this Sunday afternoon. 55 laps complete. We have been caution-free so far, which is not totally unusual here at North Wilkesboro, even though the drivers will tell you it can be a difficult track to negotiate. We have seen races here where just one caution flag uh, is the norm for the afternoon. I think they ran a race here one time with no caution flag. Right. And that's been a while ago, but... I think we'll have a few before the day is over here. Talking about Bill Elliott's short track program and how it's improved, he knew he had to do it in 1988. If he was ever going to win the Winston Cup championship, they had to post good, solid top five finishes and maybe even a win or two to get the championship. And he talks about any particular reason why the team is running so much better on short tracks. Well, I don't, you know, that's that's something I really can't put my finger on. You know, we've tried to concentrate on everything as far as... Trouble in turn number four. Kyle Petty goes down to the bottom of the racetrack, loops the car around. Half the field's going to have to go above him. Almost got tagged there by Greg Sachs, also Neil Bonnet and Richard Petty as they all go out against the wall. Let's go up to Joe Moore. Looks like Kyle hit the curbing on the inside of the racetrack, Barney. That threw the car up into the middle of the racetrack. Everyone was able to get by. A couple of cars just had minor dents here with Kyle, and Kyle didn't have a lot of damage. He has already fired the machine and is moving away from that scene. So we are under caution, lap number 55 here at North Wilkesboro. It comes out for the first time this afternoon. No sooner we're talking about the fact that the event had been caution-free, we see the first caution flag fly. Now it's time to check out the tires, see who's getting what kind of tire where. All the leaders are heading down pit lane with the exception of Dave Marcus. He'll stay out to pick up five bonus points for leading a lap, covering pit stops. Jim Phillips. Ricky Rudd's in the Quaker State Buick on pit road. Right side tires for the Quaker State Buick first to four. Tire change is going to be made on this car. Also, Kenny Schrader in the Folgers Chevrolet is in on pit road for four tires. 
Bill Elliott. They go to the left side of Bill Elliott's car first. The Coors Ford has had a lot of handling problems in the last few laps. Also, Davey Allison in. Mark Martin farther up on pit road. And also, Bill Parsons. Let's go to Alan Bestwick. Up uh, the upper end of pit road, Dale Jarrett, Mike Alexander, and Jimmy Means in the Junie Donnelly car substituting for Benny Parsons, all with four tires and out. We're in the Wood Brothers pit, waiting for Kyle Petty to bring the Sitgo Ford in. As he comes down pit lane now, as the field takes another lap around, they'll go to service on that car, probably check all four tires. Particularly good pit service for Rob Moroso, who is driving his family-owned automobile here this weekend. Moroso, who had a win in the Bush Series last weekend at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, got good pit service. Now Sterling Marlin is in, Neil Bonnet, Richard Petty, Kyle Petty is in for service. Let's go back to Alan Bestwick. Wood Brothers going to the right side, changing right side tires, now coming around to the left side. Fuel going in the car. Kyle turns down a cold drink from the crew, waiting for the jacks to come around now to the left side. The right uh, side tires now on. Right rear tire loose, waiting for the left front tire. It looks like the left front tire is scuffed quite a bit, picked up quite a bit of uh, rubber from the track from that spin. And Kyle Petty gets service. He'll be down on the way in a moment. The pits are so much better here at North Wilkesboro. We'll talk a little bit later this afternoon about the new improvements they've made, a new garage. The pits are now consisting of about 35 pits down there, and all of them are at least 23 to 25 feet long, which gives the team pretty much room to get in there and work. We'll be back at North Wilkesboro in just a minute. Front style. The American fighting spirit is in everything we make. We are 500 patriots and veterans strong, bringing clothing manufacturing back to the United States of America. Always moving forward, never retreating, never giving up. We are Grunt Style, and this will defend. Get yours at GruntStyle.com. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. Green flag is about set to fly again here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway in North Carolina. Motor Racing Network live coverage of the Holly Farms 400. Harold Kinder shows the green and quickly Ricky Rudd showing the way for the field now. He got good service on pit lane. The Quaker State Buick jumps out ahead of Bill Elliott on the restart. Elliott has to pick his way through traffic a bit. The lap car of Rick Wilson is there. Wilson, of course, trying to battle back to get back on the lead lap. So Elliott's having to work with that car. Further back, Harry Gantz in third. Jeff Budine in fourth. They, too, working with the lap cars. And again, track position plays everything. How quick you get in and out of the pits and get back onto the racetrack depends on how many people you have to pass to get to the front. Ricky Rudd's team won the battle that time. Rudd is the leader. He's up the back stretch. Elliott now has lost quite a bit of ground. He's about eight car lengths behind. And still he's trying to get around the Rick Wilson car. Harry Gant now has moved around the Dale Jarrett machine. He has some clear sailing. Jeff Bodine next in line. Pulls up alongside Jarrett and battles to get by. Terry Labonte will be next in line. Then Darrell Walter picking his way through traffic on the inside. Alan Kowicki is picking his way through traffic on the outside. Kowicki makes a nice move coming off turn number two, going to the outside of the Ernie Irvin car. Quickly gets by that machine, clears way now to move up alongside Darrell Waltrip and battle for position off turn four. Some of the most aggressive drivers have been starting back in the middle of the field, and again, Rusty Wallace, who is one of those, and Dale Earnhardt having to work their way back to the front of the pack after not getting off pit road all that quick. 
And they're mired back there in traffic right now, trying to work their way to the front. It's going to be interesting to see if, after those pit stops, how many of the cars made adjustments and how much better they're running. The leader is Ricky Rudd. He's running strong. He's already pulled away from Elliott by almost a half a straightaway as they work back into turn number one. The battle's for third spot. Jeff Bodine is going to grab that from Harry Gant as they work out of the corner, and Bodine is strong. Remember at Martinsville a couple of weeks ago, he had a good run going up there. They're back in three. Bodine's had a strong car all afternoon, but Harry Gant, too. Now, he looked to be stronger before the pit stop. Gant was able to put his car just about anywhere on the racetrack and make the moves. This time, though, looks like the adjustment on Bodine's car was the favored one because it allowed Bodine to get by and pick up that position. Ricky Rudd makes his way off turn number two. He's already picked up some eight car lengths over Bill Elliott. Elliott's still there in the second spot trying to get by the Rick Wilson car while Bodine watches him go by turn four. 67 laps complete with 23 cars still on the lead lap. The battle we're watching now is Terry Labonte. He'll try and bypass Harry Gant. This will be for fourth spot in turn number two. Side by side, making the way off turn number two with Labonte down on the inside of the racetrack. Tries to pull even with Gant, but Gant just outpowers him into turn number three. Now in the corner, Gant has to get out of the throttle. Here's Labonte battling back at the bottom. Gant's car is not sticking in the corner like it did a moment ago, as Joe Moore pointed out just a second ago when he was up in that end of the racetrack. The car is working well, but not quite as well as it was. The leader is Ricky Rudd. He has almost two-thirds of a straightaway now on Bill Elliott, the second-place car. Jeff Bonine rides third. Fourth is Harry Gant. Fifth is Labonte. Back in sixth position, that's Darrell Waltrip as he creeps ever closer to the front. Here are some of the cars that lost a lap a little bit earlier before that pit stop. Rick Wilson is a lap down. So is Dale Jarrett. So is Jimmy Means of the Junie Donlevy car. Ernie Irvin is a lap behind. Michael Waltrip is a lap down. Lee Falk and Kyle Petty are the cars we're showing one lap down. A couple of laps down now. They're adding Ernie Irvin, so he lost yet another lap in the exchange. But this is what has to remind one of Martinsville in the Goodies 500 a few weeks ago. Of course, at that instance, using the pit on the back straightaway at Martinsville, that helped the Quaker State Buick get out in front of the field. But they were also getting particularly good pit service, Ricky Rudd was, from Larry McReynolds and the crew. And that continued here today. They don't pit on both sides of the racetrack here, but everybody pits on the front stretch. And still, Ricky Rudd able to get out in front of the field and now begins to pull away while Jeff Bodine battles Bill Elliott for second place in turn two. Bodine's trying to pull up alongside Bill Elliott. Elliott tries to hold the spot, sees Bodine there, gives him plenty of racing room, and they go marching into turn number three, side by side. Bodine has the edge. Jeff Bodine slides into the second position. Elliott drops back to third. Gant is fourth. The separation between leader Ricky Rudd right now and Jeff Bodine is a little better than two seconds. That'll give you an idea of just how well Ricky Rudd is getting around this racetrack. And Alan Bestwick, it looked like just about every team we saw down there making some kind of chassis adjustments on that round of pit stops. Well, it looked like a stagger was the biggest adjustment, Barney. A lot of people looking to uh, adjust the difference in size between the left side and the right side tires on the car. As far as tire wear is concerned, didn't look like anyone had any real drastic problems after 55 laps, so I don't think that'll be a big concern this afternoon either. We are 70 laps complete. The lead still held by Ricky Rudd. Going downhill into turn number one, uphill into turn number three. Is it easy, Ricky Rudd, to make a mistake going into the first corner? Well, I would say that the most difficult part about it is is really setting up to get qualified. Uh, you really seem to notice the two opposite ends of the racetrack more when you're trying to run a real fast lap here because you're going into the corner as deeply as you possibly can stand and you're jumping on the brakes and you're throwing the car in the corner. Uh, this, this straightaway, uh, front straightaway, puts you down into turns one and two at a much quicker speed than you get through turns three and four. And what happens is you end up finding out it's real easy to try too hard here at Wilkesboro and make a slow lap happen. I was actually driving harder than you ever have thinking, I'm going to get out of this car, this is a real good lap. And you get out, and it's the slowest lap you've run all week. So it's a real misleading type of corner. You can get in there and run in there too deep, 
then it seems like you have to wait forever to be able to get back in the accelerator where the car finally gets a hold to the racetrack and you can stand back in the gas again. So it's a little misleading. The driver thinks he really cut a good lap, and in fact, the harder you drive, the slower you go here in turns one and two. And that is something that bears out, whether it is qualifying or the race itself. Ricky got through the turn well in qualifying. He started fourth here this afternoon, and obviously now with a lead of nearly two seconds on second place, Jeff Bodine, he's having no trouble negotiating this racetrack early in the Holly Farms 400. 85 laps are on the scoreboard here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway, the Holly Farms 400 for the Winston Cup cars of NASCAR. We told you that the lead is still held by Ricky Rudd during that last series of pit stops. The only change that we were able to pick up was the Greg Sachs team going from Goodyear tires to Hoosier tires. But at least so far, Barney, as we heard from our pit reporters, the tire wear does not seem to be a problem. Well, they, they have really made so much improvements. I think both tire companies, Hoosier and Goodyear, in recent weeks, and I think the tire problem eventually will totally go away. They're beginning to – there was a lot of concern about it, no question about that, all the way through the midpoint of the season. And both companies have really got down and done their homework, and I think we'll, we will see the tire problem become less and less as the season progresses. Here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway, looks to be just about a full house this afternoon for the Holly Farms 400. As they're watching a good one today, wind around here – as they get up in turn number four, the leader has run up on the tail end of the field again, and there is at least 12 cars directly ahead for Ricky Rudd to negotiate. This may allow Jeff Bodine to close up even more. In fact, he cuts it down now to about six or eight car lengths. A moment ago, he was 1.5 seconds behind. Let's see how they work up in turn three. Rudd worked his way to the outside of the racetrack, getting around the Lee Falk car, separating he and the second-place car of Bodine as the Ken Bouchard machine still working off turn four. Slight tire rub on Kenny Bouchard's car. The right rear fender has caved in just a bit on the tire. We can see a little telltale smoke as he works through the corner. Also watching Darrell Waltrip, Joe, particularly heading towards you off turn number two to turn number three. Darrell's just not getting off the corner well at all. That's about the seventh position. Darrell is in a bit watching him working there with Alan Kowicki and Rusty Wallace. Those two cars were able to make their move by him. And you're right, Waltrip's car definitely not holding as well as it was earlier. Long gap back now to Harry Gant as he is losing quite a bit of ground to the front two as they work off turn number two and up the back straightaway. Ricky Rudd again. This time he'll be moving around. Morgan Shepard's car over there in the corner comes out of turn number four, tries to get under Shepard out of the turn and really cut it right down close to that inside pit wall coming out of the corner. They bump a little bit going off into the turn between Ricky Rudd and Morgan Shepard. Shepard's not one to give you much real estate on the racetrack. They go out of turn two door to door. Rudd has a spot there on the inside of the racetrack, but Morgan Shepard battles back. So once again, they're side by side coming into three. It is two and eight-tenths seconds from second place back to third place, Harry Gant. So Jeff Bodine has some breathing room for the rear flank, but he still has to get around Morgan Shepard, which he'll manage to do now in turn number one as Shepard goes way wide in the corner. It allows Bodine to close on the leader. Shepard slipped last time coming by this end of the speedway when Rudd was able to get by. Looks like about the same thing happened to him in turns one and two. The car went a little bit too high and is pushed out to the outside retaining wall. Back down to turn number one, Rudd again caught in traffic. He's catching the tail end of the field, putting some of these cars a lap down. Already at least eight cars were a lap down after that first caution flag. We've had only one this afternoon. If you just joined our broadcast, Kyle Petty spun at about lap 55 up in turn number four. He is still out there running. They're posting him a lap down. Go ahead in the pits. Waddell Wilson, the crew chief for Jeff O'Dine's car. You're one of the few cars that started on Hoosiers. They seem to be getting the job done for you. Well, Jeff, you know, so far likes them. But we're qu- still questioning whether we got the right tire or not. And we'll just have to wait and see because Ricky's on Goodyear's and the two cars are pretty equal. There's only four cars started on Hoosiers today. That was one of the cars that Jeff O'Dine, Levi Garrett, Chevrolet. 
And right now, Jeff still very much in the hunt. He's within a couple of car lanes of the race leader, Ricky Rudd, but in a good bit of traffic on the backstretch. Jeff's got to watch all that traffic. Of course, that's going to allow him to catch up with the leader, but he also has to deal with those cars and getting by. Neil Bonnet's right ahead for Jeff now as they work their way into turn four. Takes a look at him as he come off the corner. Bonnet is one of the most courteous drivers, so to speak, on the racetrack. If his car isn't up to par, he'll move over and give you a little racing room, as he does Jeff Bodine, but he's going to have to go around on the outside. But when Bonnet's car is hooked up, man, he'll blister the paint off your car to give you an inch before you get around him. They're back in three. So Bodine gets around the Neil Bonnet car. Now he's right up on the rear record, uh, rear deck, that is, of Ricky Rudd and trying to get underneath him. Ricky had some handful of problems going through turns one and two on the last lap. He tried to come off the corner and bypass Greg Sachs. The car nearly came around on both drivers, and that has allowed Bodine to close right up on the rear deck. Rudd's on the outside now. The lap car of Greg Sachs quickly drops down to the inside of the racetrack. Bodine now takes it wide into turn three, trying to chase down Rudd. Jeff Bodine had a big weight lifted off from him a couple of weekends ago here at North Wilkesboro. When we were here and the race was rained out, there was a lot of rumors going around that he was going to lose his ride with the Rick Hendricks-Levi Garrett team for 1989. They made the announcement that weekend here a couple of weeks ago that that was not the case, that he would remain as a driver of that car. I think it took... Uh, it always hurts the team when you're hearing rumors of this and that and the other, but they've kind of got their act together. They've been one of the strongest of the three Hendricks cars all year long. And in Jeff's behalf, he is one of the better race drivers out there. I don't think he's ever been given credit for the ability that he has in a race car. He's been caught up in some situations that created a lot of negative publicity. But as we have told other folks, he's no better or no worse than a lot of drivers on that racetrack. And he's took a bum rap a few times. And I think this afternoon he's getting the job done. He feels a lot better about his whole situation. He's about three car lengths behind the leader, Ricky Rudd. He's been chasing him there for the last 10 or 12 circuits around this racetrack. Can't do anything with him. The scoreboard shows 105 laps complete here in the Holly Farms 400. You're tuned to Motor Racing Network's live coverage of NASCAR's Winston Cup Series. Next weekend, it's on to the North Carolina Motor Speedway for racing both Saturday and Sunday. Hope you can make your plans to join us right here on these Motor Racing Network stations. So far, Barney Hall, this afternoon, it has been Ricky Rudd and all Ricky Rudd, albeit for a few laps early in the race when Bill Elliott showed the way. Right now, Ricky's showing and holding everybody at bay. The last six races, that team has really come together all of a sudden. It's worked, and had they not had an engine problem in a couple of races, they'd have been in victory lane more than likely at Richmond, Virginia, and a couple of other tracks that they ran so well, only to lose an engine in the latter stages of the race. He's working underneath Brett Bodine out of Bud Moore's, ca- Bud Moore's car out of turn number three, and he's been caught in traffic having to pick and choose where he goes. Doesn't want to wrinkle that car up in the early going. He's behind Mike Waltrip right now trying to get around him. Jeff Bodine also has the same problem. He gets under Brett Bodine, trying to stay with the leader right there. There's just about a half a car length separating first and second over in turn three. Rudd's had a good run this afternoon. The car's done well for him, but he's been doing a good job of working his way through traffic, as you mentioned, Barney. He's been conservative. He hasn't taken many chances, but he has made a couple of daring moves up here at this end of the speedway, working sometimes to the outside, sometimes to the inside, and sometimes with cars on both sides of him. A couple of times we saw him go almost three wide and trying to work his way through traffic. He's finally cleared a couple of those slower cars now, Gets a little bit of clear sailing, and I'm sure a, a, a sigh of relief here as he uh, leads Jeff O'Dine once again off turn four. Those lead cars going past and around Michael Waltrip. That's the oldest car in the field. Michael's car came out of the body shop and out of the uh, car builders back in 1980. Boy, Jeff Bodine slipped a bit off the corner that time. When it took it wide coming off turn number two, didn't mean to go that wide, I'm sure, because he had a couple of lap cars behind him. He gets control, though, and holds on to the second spot, although about a car length now behind Ricky Rudd. Ricky Rudd and Jeff Bodine 
and slapped a little paint together just a moment ago. A lap or so ago down in turn number one as Bodine tried to put the move on him. He looked underneath him this time going into the corner, but there's two cars directly ahead. Mark Martin and another car on the outside of him holding up both those drivers over in three. Those lap cars are stacked up double wide here so that it doesn't allow Rudd or Bodine to make a move. They'll just have to sit there and wait for a lane to open up. Mark Martin, who was running in 12th spot just a handful of laps ago, now finds himself in peril of being lapped. Ricky Rudd trying to bypass Mark Martin to the inside. Can't do it off the corner. A little bit farther back, Harry Gant still running all by his lonesome, unchallenged in third spot. Fourth place back in a bit of race traffic. You've got, well, Richard Petty's car first in line before you get some other lapped cars. The third and fourth place runner would be Bill Elliott now, and then Alan Kulwicki, followed by Rusty Wallace. But ahead of those cars, as we say, is Richard Petty, Neil Bonnet, Greg Sachs, Rob Moroso, and Rick Wilson, all of them in their own private battle being shown a lap down. Let's set the field again. Your leader is... Ricky Rudd, he comes past the start-finish line to put lap 112 on the board. He's got a car length on Jeff Bodine, and then a goodly bit of distance, nearly a couple of seconds back to third place, Harry Gant. The leaders are in three. Single file this time as they head for turn number three. They've got away from all the slower traffic, so again, a little bit of clear sailing here for the time being. About a car length separating Rudd from Jeff Bodine. A pretty good battle right now going on out of the number three corner and into the front straightaway between Bill Elliott and Alan Kowicki, and that will be for fourth spot. Kowicki drops down to the inside, finds himself boxed in behind Rob Moroso, realizes what's happening, and then tucks outside in front of Elliott in the corner. That's been a good ongoing battle for the last four laps. They're back in three. So Kowicki tries to go to the outside of Robbie Moroso coming into turn number three. Elliott follows the same line. Alan Kowicki is able to get by Moroso. Now there goes Elliott to go into the outside of the racetrack. Moroso would hope to finish on the lead lap and just stay out of trouble today. Right now he's not on the lead lap, but he's running a good heady thinking type of race, and it's going to bear him well as this afternoon continues. The lead cars work their way through turns three and four, closing in now on the two-by-two of Lake Speed and Jimmy Means. You're just joining us, Jimmy driving the car normally driven by Benny Parsons in this Winston Cup season. Now off turn two, the leaders again in traffic. Means takes it wide, allows the leaders to get by. Now Lake Speed drops to the inside of the racetrack, so once again, tricky driving here for Rudd. He takes it wide then brings it down to the inside of the racetrack and slips down way low underneath speed to get by. Ricky knows he can't make a mistake because Jeff Bodine has hounded him for the last 25 circuits around this racetrack and if he slips just a wee bit he's going to lose the lead. He has to pick and choose where he wants to go. He's using up all the real estate and right now the way these two are racing I guarantee you he's looking in the rearview mirror almost as he is directly ahead and that really makes it hard on a driver when you have to do that lap after lap. Rudd breaks out of turn number four and comes into the front straightaway. This time he's got a little breathing room down there as far as daylight in front of him. It'll be about a minute or so or a couple of laps before he'll catch up to Ken Bouchard's car. Rudd and Bodine both break away from the slower cars. They're running one and two while Harry Gant sits back in the third spot. One driver we haven't heard a lot from this afternoon, Rusty Wallace, now making his way down the back straightaway. He's been running well and the car is handling good. He's sticking right there with Bill Elliott, working traffic quite well. Looks like he may be holding some for later on. Other cars that are having good runs include Darrell Waltrip now holding off Davey Allison and Phil Parsons there in their tight battle. The True Value Hard Charger Award currently being led by Ricky Rudd over Bill Elliott, then Alan Kowicki, Jeff Bodine, and Harry Gant. If you're not familiar with that, the True Value Award, they give points to every car running in the top five on every single lap of the race, and over the course of the afternoon, those numbers are tallied up as they are on a season-long basis, and a big check from the folks at True Value coming the way to the winner. 
winner of the Hard Charger Award at season's end. There seems to be a bit of a problem brewing on the third place car, Harry Gant, as we are seeing smoke now from behind the Skull Bandit Chevrolet. Harry uh, will be coming in, I would trust, within the next few laps to have Travis Carter and the crew check things out, and Alan Bestwick will be there to cover that situation as it eventuates, but it doesn't look particularly strong right now. Well, he's still out there running pretty strong, and he'll keep the car on the racetrack, I'm sure, as long as he can, unless the problem gets worse and worse to where he can't maintain some kind of speed to at least stay on the lead lap. They'll play it at the odds in their favor to go as far as they can and hope for a caution to get in there and cure it. So far, we haven't seen any indication of NASCAR black flagging the car. It's just smoke. doesn't appear to be putting anything down on the racetrack. The leader is Ricky Rudd, but he doesn't have that much of a breathing room. As he looks back, Jeff Bodine has been right on his rear deck for the last 40 laps or so around this racetrack. Now Bodine is about one car length back. Rudd goes underneath Sterling Marlin's Piedmont Airlines Oldsmobile to put him another lap down as they work up the back chute. So the leader of the lap car, Sterling Marlin, goes side by side in a turn number three while Bodine once again is relegated to the position of waiting for a lane to open up. In comes the Slender U machine, Lee Falk's car having been black flagged again. There's still some smoke coming from behind that automobile. The crew working on that. Let's take you back a bit further on a bit of a rundown here. Ricky Rudd continues to lead with Jeff Bodine going second, Harry Gant third, and Alan Kulwicki is fourth. Fifth is Rusty Wallace, sixth Mike Alexander, Bill Elliott is seventh, Terry Labonte is eighth. Ninth belongs to Davey Allison, and 10th is Phil Parsons. 11th is Darrell Waltrip. 12th now, Dale Earnhardt. 13th is Kyle Petty. 14th is Kenny Schrader. And 15th is Sterling Marlin. Marlin having just now gone a lap down, so there are 14 cars on the lead lap. 15th, as we say, is Marlin. 16th is now Lake Speed. 17th, Bobby Hillen Jr. 18th is Mark Martin. Brett Bodine is 19th. 20th belongs to Rick Wilson. 21st is Neil Bonnet. 22nd, Morgan Shepard. 23rd is Rob Moroso. Richard Petty, 24th. Greg Sachs, 25th at this point. And I see they are just getting set to put the black flag out for Harry Gant to Barney. Well, that's going to be a, a costly one when they bring him on to pit road here in just a moment. Here comes Gant out of turn number four and across the line. They take a look at the car again. The smoke just about the same as it has been for the last 10 or 12 laps around this racetrack. Let's check in with Alan Bestwick and see what the situation is there. Well, crew chief Travis Carter talking with the NASCAR inspector in the pits. They're looking at the car each time as it comes by, and the NASCAR inspector talking with the control tower, and in turn, Travis talking with his driver. It looks like they're getting ready to bring him in in a lap or so. Harold Kinder, the flagman, looks at him very closely as he comes by, and what they're looking for is to see if there's any liquid, any oil, any kind of liquid coming out of that car that would get on the racetrack and interfere with the speedway itself or the other drivers. And as of yet, they have not put the black flag on him, I don't believe. I, didn't, I, I thought they were going to. Harold it had it in his like hand, were, but he didn't but put it out. So they're going to observe it another lap or so as Gant continues to just stay out there and will until they force him to pit road as long as the car is running as well as it is. And Lee Falk is in the garage now with a slender U car, Jim Phillips. Lee Falk, the first car out of the race today. What happened to it, Lee? We've got a rear end that's burned up. We're going to try to fix it and get back in. Let the slender U Oldsmobile run the best we can today. Lee Fox sitting in the garage area. What are you going to do his crew to work on the rear end of this car? Been surprised that Darrell Waltrip hasn't really come up to the front of the pack. He was one of the quickest cars in that final practice session here this afternoon. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked to him here at North Wilkesboro. He had just come off a win at Martinsville, and he felt like at that time he could make it two short track wins in a row. Well, we, we hope we can. Uh, Martinsville was a really good race for us. It really helped my team. It helped me uh, in a lot of ways and uh, sort of helped us get our uh, short track program back in going in the direction we wanted to and uh, Wilkesboro is a real challenge it's a tough racetrack 
we know as much about this racetrack as anybody does. I've tested here a million times. I've run a million miles here. So there's no excuse to come here and not run well. So we'll be working real hard just like we did at Martinsville. And uh, the competition will be just like it was at Martinsville. We may not lead the whole race, but I'd like to think that when the checkered flag falls at 17, will be in front. Well, he's not having a good day right now at this juncture of the race. Matter of fact, while we were listening to Darrell, his car kicked out badly in turns three and four. He really had to woe it down before he found himself near the wall. And now Rob Moroso slows on the back straightaway heading to Joe Moore. He drops down to the inside of the racetrack, and all the leaders are able to get by. He's barely moving, Moroso is. He comes by our position, picks up the speed a little bit. Looks like he'll be heading on the pit road. 140 laps on the board as Rob Moroso comes in for his pit stop. Joe Moore, you're getting an eye full out there in turns three and four. Some of these cars are using up every inch of racetrack. I'll tell you, you know, usually you see Richard Petty taking a high line around any racetrack, but today, one that's taken even a higher line than he is is Morgan Shepard in his Heinz ketchup machine. A couple of times, I thought maybe he was coming up here with me in turns three and four, but he hasn't quite come that far yet. He has been pretty close several times, though. Both those machines taking a real wide line, while everyone else seems to be taking a little lower line through this the speedway. Rudd makes his way into turn number three this time. Harry, or rather, the uh, Jeff Bodine car right on his tail as he exit turn four. Ricky Rudd is a leader. He works across the start-finish line, puts another lap on the board, goes underneath Richard Petty down in turn number one, and Jeff Bodine hangs right with him. Let's go back to the pits. We're at the Darrell Waltrip pit with Jeff Hammond. Jeff, Darrell doesn't seem to be able to run the consistent laps he usually runs at this racetrack. What's wrong with him? Well, early in the race, the car really worked good. We had a good set of tires on. Right now, I believe we've had a stagger change on, on the set we put on the car. The car started out way too tight, so we really need a chance to get those tires off and make a small chassis adjustment. I think everything will be fine. He just said it's just way too tight. He can't pick the throttle up when he needs to right in the middle of the corner. Well, Darrell Waltrip's car, one of the car, few cars on this racetrack that's too tight. Most are too loose. And right now he's within a few laps of being lapped because Ricky Rudd, the race leader, is within a dozen or so car lanes of Darrell Waltrip. Rob Moroso has gone to the garage area now. They tried to get the car refired as it was going downhill, but they couldn't get it to crank, though he's on into the garage area. We'll update that story. Now a battle for the lead in turn three. Bodine's down on the inside of the racetrack, challenging Ricky Rudd. Rudd goes too high up in turn three. Ricky drifted a little bit high going into turn number three. Bodine took advantage of it. That's the mistake he'd been waiting for Ricky to make. Now Ricky comes right back goes underneath him down in turn number one. Bodine sees him coming, tries to pinch him down. They get together a little bit, and they're door-to-door. Dead heat for the lead in three. You can see the flames flying between these two as they come off turn number three and down the back straightaway. Back into turn four, once again, side-by-side. Ricky Rudd this time just roots his way off the inside to hang on to the lead here in the Quaker State Buick. Jeff Bodine right behind him. This allows Darrell Waltrip to scoot away a bit. Darrell was being closed in upon by the leaders to be put a lap down. Now the battle for the lead back in three. Ricky Rudd shows the way this time. Bodine sits behind him. They go single file as they follow the lapped car of Kyle Petty. I think Ricky might have gotten a little mad at himself going off into the corner. Caution is coming out of the speedway. It'll be the second one this afternoon. They're going to have to get a uh, medical vehicle, we understand, through the infield here. And there is no tunnel area here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. So they're going to have to let the cars slow down to a caution pace while they transport someone here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. So caution coming out on lap number 155. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. And the second car in the garage area today is the 22 of Rob Moroso. Rob, what happened? Well, we had a good run going. You know, we got lapped early because we started in the rear. You know, but I felt we had a fast car because, you know, when the leaders came up, when we weren't in traffic, we could run with them, you know, pretty good. And I was real happy with how the car was going. We were just waiting for another set of tires. And uh, for a few laps, the motor kind of sounded a little flat. And then uh, Earnhardt got behind me, and, you know, I was just 
running, waiting for him to catch up to me, and he wasn't catching up to me, and then the motor just pow. That was it. So Rob Arroso's out of it here this afternoon at North Wilkesboro. Let's go up on pit road to Allen Bestwick. All the leaders on pit road under caution. Almost a collision as Jeff Bodine exited pit road. Jimmy Means was coming flying down pit road. But Bodine is away with four tires. Harry Gant's crew moved around the car. Couldn't find the cause of the smoke. That car is away. And also a couple of pits down. Neil Bonnet ran by his pit. Bonnet coming in from the back of the pack. Couldn't find his pit on the crowded pit road. Had to go around another lap. So Bonnet will lose a few spots on the racetrack. Just about everyone elected to come on to pit road except Greg Sachs, Richard Petty, and Kyle Petty all stayed out there. Now they are in the pits here to make their routine stop. We'll set the field for you after this round of pit stops when we come back to North Wilkesboro. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires will get you there. Whether you're running on dirt or running a job. Hard, dependable, high-quality tires are the perfect fit for your needs. For unmatched value, selection, and warranty with industry-leading road hazard protection, there's only one choice, Hercules Tires. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com or call 800-677-9535. Hercules Tires, right on our strength. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. Talk with the stars of NASCAR Racing. It's NASCAR Live with Eli Gold, Tuesday night at 7 Eastern on many of these motor racing network stations. Back under green at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. Ricky Rudd is still the leader, trying to get one of his lap back right now. Is Sterling Marlin down on the inside. Jeff Bodine rides right in behind that battle as they'll work out of turn number four and back into the straightaway. And Marlin is really hanging in there with the leader, Ricky Rudd. But Rudd really pours it on going down the front straightaway. Tries to pinch him off going into the corner. He's not going to be that successful at it. Jeff Bodine looks over the situation. He can't do anything as, that, as long as that battle's going on up there side by side. Still, Marlins right in the thick of things as they head back into turn number three down on the inside of Ricky Rudd. Once again, Bodine also on the low side looking for a way to get by. Now Sterling gets through on the inside. He's back on the tail end of the lead lap. Let's see if Jeff Bodine can follow right through. Ricky Rudd's Quaker State Buick being kicked to the outside. It opens the inside groove for Jeff. Bodine gets the line down on the inside and he pulls even with Ricky Rudd, but Rudd breaks away from him here on the back straightaway. Rudd has the A edge, but once again, Here's Bodine battling back. Two cars that really have some horsepower. They've displayed that all afternoon here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. Ricky Rudd and Jeff Bodine. That's still almost a dead heat for the lead. As they work out of the number two corner, it's Bodine ahead right now. And he goes into the lead. Earnhardt now is up to third place. He's riding right along in that pack over in three. Earnhardt tried to go to the outside of Rudd, maybe challenge for that third spot. But he thought better of it. They're all in single file once again. Let's not forget Rusty Wallace either. His Kodiak Pontiac very much in the hunt. He is right there behind Dale Earnhardt. Now Jeff Bodine says, let's get rid of Sterling Marlin. Let's get him off the lead lap. Let's see if he can. Gets Marlin forced on the outside of the racetrack. Now Bodine's down on the inside line trying to pick up the spot coming into the corner. He has the edge, but Marlin battles back on the outside. If you get caught in that outside groove here at North Wilkesboro and the driver underneath you wants to force you a little bit high, you're going to automatically have to come out of the throttle or you're going to spin the car out. That's exactly what Jeff does, and wisely so, as he moves away right now with a lap car of Sterling Marlin between himself and the second-place car, Ricky Rudd. They're back in three. So Bodine gets the advantage for the time being. Marlin's right behind him. Now Ricky Rudd tries to make his move around the lap car of Marlin, trying to get around the outside, but that move doesn't work off four. And Ricky can't get too over-anxious either because he has Dale Earnhardt right behind him with
waiting on whatever little bobble might take place. And Earnhardt has Rusty Wallace right behind him. So those cars have to worry not only about themselves, but about what's unfolding behind them. Those are the front handful of cars. Harry Gant has now broken free from Bill Elliott. So Harry is running by his lonesome in fifth spot. Bill Elliott still back in sixth. Mike Alexander is seventh now with Alan Kowicki backing him in eighth. And that's a pretty good battle now as they work through turn two. Also, we're watching the Morgan Shepard car once again getting higher and higher in the corners. Now, Shepard's not the only one now that's taken the high line. Also, the Mike Waltrip car, he's been taking it pretty high up at this end of the speedway. And Kyle Petty almost got it sideways last time by turn three and four. It really has been a miracle that Morgan Shepard has not looped that car around or scrubbed the wall in both ends of the racetrack. He's almost running out of what they call the loose stuff, the marbles, the dust, everything else, the little chunks of rubber that come off these cars. But he's been just manhandling it through both ends of the racetrack, but has been able to keep it out of the wall. We talked about Richard Petty bringing out that caution a moment ago. He did a 360 up in turn number four coming out of the corner. Richard went on to pit road. Apparently they changed all four tires all the way around, and he is back out there running pretty strong. So Petty is still in the race here this afternoon for you Richard Petty fans. Leader is Jeff Bodine. He's broken free right now of Ricky Rudd and pulled away by a pretty good interval, a little better than a second and a half as he works across the start-finish line and takes it off into turn number one. Third place, that's Dale Earnhardt. Fourth is Rusty Wallace. Those two are running nose to tail. That may turn into a pretty good battle here in a minute or two. They're in the backstretch. Earnhardt has the third spot. Rusty Wallace is the one trying to take away the position. For the time being, though, Wallace is right on his rear deck following him through turns three and four. Let's take you all the way back behind those cars. Harry Gant is still fifth. Bill Elliott sixth. Mike Alexander is seventh. And eighth is Alan Kulwicki. Tenery Labonte is ninth, and 10th is Darrell Waltrip. Phil Parsons goes in the 11th spot. 12th is Davey Allison, and 13th is Sterling Marlin. He is the first car down a lap. 14th is Bobby Hillen Jr. 15th now belongs to Kenny Schrader. 16th is Mark Martin. 17th, Lake Speed. 18th is Greg Sachs. 19th, Brent Bodine. And 20th remains Rick Wilson. 21st now is Morgan Shepard. 22nd is Kyle Petty. A couple of laps down, and 23rd is Richard Petty. 24th is Dale Jarrett. Three laps down, 25th is Jimmy Means. 26th is Dave Marcus. 27th, four laps down, is Michael Waltrip. Next in line will be Ernie Irvin and then Ken Bouchard. The only two cars that are out of the event so far are Lee Falk and Rob Moroso. That's the 32-car field here for the running of the Holly Farms 400. If you're just joining us, we are nearing the halfway point. We are roughly five laps shy of halfway. We say roughly because they do have one of the older manually operated scoreboards here, which they work on as a five-lap increment. They update the laps every five-lap spine. It shows 195 at this juncture of the event. And all of a sudden, Barney, this is not unusual. Sometimes you see a car hook up and get and go. And that's exactly what Jeff Bodine is doing now, but it's the Earnhardt-Wallace battle that folks are starting to watch. Rusty was beginning to work on Dale a little bit up in three and four that time around. He went around on the outside and had a fender up alongside him for just a moment, but Earnhardt, they kind of tease each other a little bit on the racetrack. They'll kind of lean on each other maybe a little bit more than they would somebody else because they're such close friends, and no matter what happens, these two get out and kind of laugh about it. Wallace again takes a look on the outside, nothing going there, drops back in behind Dale Earnhardt, and will just follow him off into the corner. We are under caution for the fourth time this afternoon at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Harry Gant has spun in turns one and two. He has gotten the car refired. He is headed around, and at this moment, only a couple or three cars on the racetrack. Everyone else is on pit road. First to Jim Phillips. Now this end of pit road, the pitting is very hectic. Ricky Rudd has a Quaker State Buick in on pit road for four tires. Also, Kenny Schrader's in. Darrell Waltrip is in. Rusty Wallace, Dale Earnhardt, and also Bill Jeff O'Neill beats the top leaders out of the pits to regain that lead. 
Alan Bestwick. Alan Kowickian for four tires on the Xerox Ford, also pitting up this end of, of uh, pit road. Richard Petty and Neil Bonnet getting service all four tires, as does Lake Speed. We're standing in the skull pits waiting for Harry Gant to come in. So just about everybody will take advantage of this caution flag. Again, it came out on lap 202 when Harry Gant spun out. Apparently just got real close to another car going off into the corner down in turn number one and turned it around. So Gant will be able to continue. He's making his stop right now. They're going to make outside tire change. So Gant won't have any damage to the car, apparently, and will be able to continue. While we're under caution, it'll give us a quick minute to talk with Jeff Bird of the RJR Nabisco and their Winston division here. You folks had two big events going last weekend. Of course, we had the Winston Cup race down at Charlotte, North Carolina, and then the big Vantage Championship down at Tanglewood. Yeah, that's right. And both of them were huge successes. I don't know which one draw more, folks, but we had a lot of golf fans up in Winston-Salem at the Vantage Championship, which uh, from now on will be called the Premier Championship. And, of course, Humphrey Wheeler had his usual great crowd down in Charlotte. Jeff, you've been to not all that many races this year, but every one you've been to, I know you started with the program way back in the early 70s also. Like when your folks came in in 71, you were on the program not too long after that. Every week we talk about the phenomenal growth of this sport, and it is amazing. We used to come to Wilkesboro, and if they had 12 or 15,000 fans, it was a big crowd. Now it's double that. Well, it's hard to believe, and uh, you really got to give a call to Enoch Staley, and I'm sure you and Eli have today, about all the improvements he's made up here, not only for the fans, but for the racers alike. The new garage area is just spectacular. New improved safety features on pit row with that pit wall down there, and uh, just talking to Hank Schofield, he says they're going to build more grandstands down here in turns one and two, and I think the fans are going to like Victory Lane today. we got a little surprise for them. Yeah, the Victory Lane here is now on top of the new infield press center. They have a lift, uh, much that you would see at your service station. They'll put the car on it, raise it up to the roof level, and then drive it out in a Victory Lane up there. And it's going to be quite a day for that. Well, we hope so. You know, if the lift works, I thought of it. If it doesn't work, Hank (laughs) Schofield had that idea. Okay. (laughs) Jeff, they're getting ready to go back to green. Thanks for taking a minute to stop by and chat with us. Thank you, Barney. Thanks, Eli. Good to see you, Jeff. Today's broadcast of the Holly Farms 400 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the North Wilkesboro Speedway to Motor Racing Network solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and Motor Racing Network is prohibited, and we are set to go back to green flag racing on lap 205. Harold Kinder waves the green. Earnhardt is the leader. Behind him is Rusty Wallace in second. Jeff Bodine third. Ricky Rudd fourth. Bill Elliott fifth. They dice off into turn number one. Earnhardt breaks out of the pack. Gets away by half a car length. Here comes Wallace. Pulls right up on his rear bumper heading for three. Wallace wastes no time chasing down Earnhardt. Back into turn number three. He's right up on his bumper as they head for four. Rusty Wallace is hounding away on the rear deck of that black, silver, and white Goodwrench Chevrolet. Earnhardt holds the outside. Rusty trying to outdive Earnhardt into turn number one. Can't quite pull it off, but he had the idea there, but he couldn't get the quick jump. He did get up alongside him in the middle of the turn there, but coming off the corner again, the jump goes to Earnhardt. He still holds the spot, leading by about a half a car length over Rusty Wallace. Can you believe the way these two guys are racing each other? They're locked in a battle with Bill Elliott for a championship that's worth well over a million dollars, the Winston Cup points title, and they're racing each other. Both could have taken each other out going into the corner with those two moves, trying to take the lead away from from Earnhardt at this particular stage. Talk about being a racer. Those two are racers. Here they come out of turn number four. Earnhardt is a leader by one car length. Rusty Wallace is second. Make it three car lengths back now to Jeff Bodine. Fourth, 
is Ricky Rudd. Fifth is Bill Elliott as he watches all this, I'm sure, enjoying it back there. The top five now string out single file in the middle of the back straightaway. Earnhardt shows the way by his two-car length lead now for Rusty Wallace. Wallace breaks away from Jeff Bodine. Still in single file as a hit for turn number three. Here is Morgan Shepard once again doing way high up in the corner, getting around the Terry Labonte car and a gaggle of cars behind him. Mike Alexander gets squeezed down to the inside of the racetrack. Mike Alexander running in seventh. He's on the lead lap. He did get squeezed as Joe Moore said. Nearly stacked up a few cars behind him, but everybody sorts themselves out quickly enough as the leaders come through turns three and four yet again. The lead continues to be held by Dale Earnhardt. Rusty Wallace has not really given up the chase. He's just back down to a couple, three, four car lanes differential now, and the battle at third spot between Jeff Bodine and Ricky Rudd is the good one in turn two. They were battling for the lead earlier this afternoon. Now it's for the third position they fight. Coming off turn number two, it's Bodine with a spot with Ricky Rudd trying to find room to make the move, but he'll stay right in behind him. Tucked in single file as they hit for turn four again. Rudd takes a look on the inside, coming out of the corner, puts a fender up alongside of Jeff Bodine for just a minute. Let's see if he stays in the throttle. He's going for it down in turn number one. Ricky Rudd gets underneath Jeff Bodine. He may take that spot away. That'll be for third position. They're door to door. On the back straightaway, side by side, headed for turn number three. Let's see which one gives in going into the corner. Neither one to give here in turn number three. Off turn four. Looks like the edge will go to Rudd. Ricky does slip in off the inside groove to grab third place away from Jeff Bodine, who is now in fourth. Bill Elliott still holds down the fifth spot and six is Terry Labonte. we got to give a call to Morgan Shepard. We were talking about him during the commercial break. That car is halfway to your house and back, Barney, and you don't live all that close to this racetrack a few miles away. Morgan is still only a lap down in light of how that car is just not working for him today. The fact that, well, that's what Morgan Shepard's all about. If anybody can wrestle a car around a racetrack, Morgan's the one, but he's got himself a handful today. He's, he's been running almost, you might say, on a different racetrack than everybody else. That's how close to the wall he is. He is completely out against it, and most drivers would go off into the corner as hard as he is and get out there where we talked about a moment ago. There's a lot of dirt, grit, gravel, a little bit of everything else. It works out of the speedway. And normally, if you go off in the corner pretty hard and get up into that, get those right tires up there, you'll spin the car out. But he's been there all day long. You know, Barney, one thing interesting from my position, he comes so close you can almost see him in the car where you can't actually see him in there driving the car. He's not fighting the wheel that hard. A lot of times when cars get that high, you'll see him just sawing back and forth on the steering wheel. But Shepard comes in just as relaxed as anyone who's handling there at the bottom of the racetrack, just kind of glides right on through as if that's where he wants to be. Of course, it's a full load for him, too, because he's fielding this particular car and the Bush Grand National car out of his own shops. It's got to be a full handful for you. Well... I do, Eli, but, uh, you know, I don't think it's impossible to do, but I think it's not a good situation. I think that that uh, you should run one car out of one shop, you know, and if you're going to run a two-car operation, they ought to be far apart, and uh, uh, it just doesn't work with two teams working real close together. Of course, that situation will remedy itself for next year. Morgan will be driving Winston Cup Racing for the Raymock folks. Bob Rahilly and Butch Mock, the drive that is being vacated by Neil Bonnet. And the Bush Series plans, well, Morgan will again operate those out of his own shop, uh, lessening the load on himself a good bit. We're seeing the smoke come back on Harry Gant's car the last time around as he went off into turn number one. A little telltale smoke coming out from under the rear end of Harry Gant's skull bandit. Again, we see it as he works down into the corner at the halfway point. Scoring indicates that Ricky Rudd is leading the True Value Hard Charger points. Jeff Bodine was in second position in it. Bill Elliott was third. Harry Gant was fourth. And Alan Kulwicki was fifth. We're past the halfway point, showing about 225 laps complete in the Holly Farms 400 here this afternoon. Been a pretty topsy-turvy race. Bill Elliott took off and led the early laps here this afternoon, and then all of a sudden he faded back in the pack. He's still out there running pretty strong, currently being posted back in fifth position. 
And Elliott knows that a short track, you can get a car tore up real easy. He needs All he needs is a top 10 finish to get out of here at Rockingham. That's a strong track for him. Of course, Atlanta will be a strong track for him also. It's anybody's guess as to who will fare well when we go out to Phoenix in a few weeks out there. But he knows the car isn't all that strong. Here's Gann on pit road. Let's uh, follow that pit stop. Let's go to the pits. Travis Carter with the pit board. Uh, well, he picked it up, then he set it back down. It looks like they're going to take the car behind the wall. And a dandy battle now as Harry goes to the garage area for 9th, 10th, and 11th positions. Daryl Waltrip is side-by-side side with Phil Parsons for 9th and 10th. Alan Kowicki in 11th right behind him. Let's pick him up off turn two. Stacked up. You're on a pace lap here coming down the back straightaway. Now Parsons drops to the inside. Waltrip falls in behind him. Kowicki is the one on the move. He goes to the outside side of Ken Schrader and tries to pull up alongside Waltrip. Well, this has been a contact sport here this afternoon. Look at almost any race car you want out there, and you'll see what they call the donuts, the black tire marks, the big round black circles where they've run up against somebody else or vice versa all day long. Darrell Waltrip has a few on his car. Bill Elliott has a few. Just in fact, about anybody you want to look at. Looks a little bit like Martinsville when you look at the cars as they work away around here. Waltrip figured he could come here and win this race. They ran strong in practice, and as he said on our piece of tape a little bit earlier this afternoon, he's probably run a million miles here, not literally, but he has tested probably more. When he was with Junior Johnson for those seven years, they came up here. That's where they did most of their testing uh, about all the time, so he does have as many laps on this racetrack as anybody, and then you heard him say there's absolutely no excuse to come here and not run well, but He's going to have to hunt something this afternoon because his car has just been off a little bit. But I wouldn't count him out yet. He may still pull this thing out of the fire. Right now he has his hands full with Alan Kowicki in that battle we talked about a moment ago. They're heading for three. Walter takes it up off turn number two and up to the high side of the racetrack. Kowicki, two goes high in the corner here at number three, though they both take a low groove, and Ken Schrader will try to pull up alongside. Kenny Schrader being shown at this point uh, a lap down in 19th position unofficially as he works and watches those battle directly ahead of him. Kowicki now to the outside of Darrell Waltrip, and they're forcing themselves up the track a bit. They go side by side here on the back straightaway into turn number three. They touch a bit of sheet metal here going into the corner. Waltrip gets out of the throttle, and Kowicki gets by him. Kowicki's driven a pretty good race here this afternoon. He felt like, even though he's he doesn't like the short tracks, he says, as much as he does the super speedways, that he could post a good finish and even win this thing. And he's been pretty strong and pretty consistent all day long. He's another driver I wouldn't count out. He's looking for his first Winston Cup victory. And with the season winding down, there's still an awful lot of top teams that have yet to get that first win in 1988. Let's go to the garage area. And Harry Gann has a skull banded in the garage area. They're jacking up the car, all four, putting on four stands. Harry, what happened to it? Oh, the transmission blew up in it. Uh, it's been leaking oil all day, and finally it got to smoking so bad they uh, called us in. But you was having a good run while you were out there. Yeah, that car was really handling working good. Uh, we got involved there with a, a 44 car. Of course, you know, I was just trying to back off, keep running into it, and it made me loose. And uh, So we had a good run. Uh, the car was doing pretty good. Harry Gantz out of it here in the Holly Farms 400 this afternoon. He joins Lee Falk and Rob Moroso, who are also out of the race today. It's eight-tenths of a second. The advantage for Dale Earnhardt over Rusty Wallace as they work here at North Wilkesboro Speedway in North Carolina. The scoreboard shows 244 laps complete of the 400 that make up today's story. And the man of late who has really been on the move is Dale Earnhardt. He took his time working his way up through race traffic earlier. And remember, if you were with us early in the broadcast, he had picked up a number of positions. Then he had dropped back a few more. But all of a sudden, he's at the head of the class and holding off all challengers. Jim Phillips is down on the Earnhardt pit area checking on the story and we have richard childers richard you guys have really made a comeback today well you know we just had to work with the tires to try to get the combination that dale's happy with and we seem to be pretty close right there you know we're still going to try to get him a little better because them other cars i know they're going to try to get better too 
So it's just been really the changing of the stagger in the tires that's got you back up front. Well, we made one chassis change and uh, working with the tires, and pit stops, and a lot of things. You know, Dale's doing a good job getting the car back up there, too. He's got it back up front in the Holly Farms 400. Earnhardt works his way over to turn number three. Rusty Wallace is now back about eight or ten car lengths, but he's been feeling a little heat right now from Ricky Rudd, the third-place car. Rudd has pulled right up on Rusty a couple of times. For the moment now, backs off to about a car length and a half, and that's the way the front three work around this racetrack. And this may be the juncture in the race where everybody says, hey, we got another round of pit stops coming up. Let's just ride a while. We're not going to gain anything, but we're not going to lose anything. Earnhardt said yesterday that running this racetrack, a lot of the drivers were saying Wilkesboro has a little bit of super speedway in it in this fairly sharp banking in the corners and whatever but Dale says to me it's purely short track and he knows how to run it. Well it, it's basically a short track to me. I don't you know I run a short track set up and drive it like a short track and it's like any racetrack though you got to be consistent on it and and smooth and as the race wears on the cars go getting loose and the guys get to trying to you know make them go better and, 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 they, and they punish their tires and stuff and then they go worse so I just try to be as consistent as I can and run it like a short track. He's running it like a short track right now. He's running it like he owns the place, the way he's getting around here. That interval between first and second shortens up just a little bit. Rusty Wallace closes up, and it may be because Ricky Rudd is forcing him to. Rudd goes after second spot out of turn number four. He had a fender there just a moment ago. They get back into turn number one. Ricky again pulls up alongside Rusty Wallace. He wants second position. Stack double wide coming off turn number two with his two cars right ahead of him. They're also double wide. That's Earnhardt in the lap car of Mike Alexander. This time now they go into single file the front to it. So Rusty and Ricky Rudd go side by side. Alexander having just now been lap by Dale Earnhardt. Mike was trying to battle to stay on the lead lap if he could. He could not. And now as the cars behind him close in, it's going to be again side by side, Rudd and Wallace. Wallace takes the outside line now and blocks in Rudd because Rudd's down on the inside right behind the Alexander car. Wallace kicks out a little bit, gets the car a little bit sideways. Still, though, Rudd's not able to make the move. A little smoke from Mike Alexander's car that last lap around. Ricky Rudd backed off from him just a little bit in the straightaway. Takes the outside groove and rides around him. They get three wide going out of turn number two as they make a sandwich out of Kenny Bouchard's car and head off back into three. It's still Dale Earnhardt showing the way. He has a four-car length lead over Rusty Wallace. Wallace has sole possession of the second spot. Ricky Rudd sits there in third. And for the moment, Wallace, Rudd, and then the Mike Alexander lap cars stay in order. Richard Petty again came awfully close to kissing the wall up there in turn number four as the battle off turn two is again for second. Again, they're side by side. Give the edge this time to Rusty Wallace coming into the corner. He comes a little bit harder, but Ricky Rudd battles back down on the inside. And again, they're side by side. Tell you, Ricky Rudd has really come on to his own as a race driver the last couple of years. He's aggressive when he needs to be. He, too, is a thinking race driver. He doesn't overextend his equipment, but when the car is underneath him and can get the job done, he'll get every ounce out of that race car that he can. We've seen that all season long, and it pays off for him. He's got second position, now sets his sights on leader Dale Earnhardt. He's going to be about two seconds behind Dale as Earnhardt crosses the start-finish line, zips off back into turn number one. Wallace fades back to third position right now. They're out of turn number two and heading for Joe Moore. Once again, Rusty Wallace takes it wide, coming off turn number two and onto the back straightaway. Quickly, Ricky Rudd, too, goes to the outside of the racetrack. Rudd has the second spot by about a car length over Wallace. Of course, this has been a tough year at times for Ricky Rudd. There are races that they thought they should have won in addition to their one victory at Watkins Glen, but they've had a much-documented engine problem for much of the year. Ricky's in 11th spot in the Winston Cup points, but he said if there's a saving grace in the whole deal, it's the fact that another racer owns the racing team. Kenny Bernstein, of course, a champion drag racer. He owns the team, and when things don't always go well, Ricky said it's kind of nice to be driving for a racer who knows what the sport is all about. Well, I think Kenny 
better than anybody, I'm sure, knows the ups and downs of racing. And, uh, uh, you know, every time that thing lets go on me leading the race, you know, he's right there. I think he he feels worse for me than I do sometimes. You know, I'm able sometimes right instantly it's a bad feeling. You know, you're really upset, and uh, but you have to quickly put that behind you. But Kenny, I think, you know, he really feels it. It stays with him a while, even though he's, you know, he's a racer himself and he... Uh, even though it's a different type of race. And they go through the same mental aspects of the sport as we do. So, yeah, I think it makes my job easier driving for somebody like Kenny who, who does understand the highs and the lows and uh, and the problems that drivers encounter. And uh, it's a good guy to race for, you understand. No change in the running order. Of course, Barney, we should talk about the fact that uh, much has been made of the engine situation for that team. Lou LaRosa will be joining uh, Kenny Bernstein, Ricky Rudd's operation for 1989. And they really shouldn't point the finger that much at the fellows who are building the engines this year. They were fellows who had grown up building engines for unlimited hydroplane races and kind of got thrown into the situation. And from what I'm told, if you want an engine for an unlimited hydro, you go to the fellows who have been building the car engines this year for the Quaker State Buick, and they've had as much horsepower as anyone, but the reliability factors have just not been there. But uh, those guys know what they're doing, but they're just basically new for stock car racing. Well, I was just sitting here thinking a little bit earlier this afternoon when Ricky was really displaying some very strong horsepower, pulling off the corners and pulling down the front straightaway, that with the addition of Lou LaRosa over there, it's got to be a, a big plus in their corner. And if he can put a little more horsepower with them, get the durability and stuff there, they'll be awesome in the future. There's no question about that. Let's give you a rundown here right now as we just got a new one from NASCAR scoring and timing. Earnhardt is still the leader. Rusty Wallace was second a moment ago as he works his way around this racetrack. They're, they were posting Ricky Rudd third at that juncture. This is at lap 260. Those two spots have changed. Now Rudd is up in second and Rusty is back to third. Fourth is Jeff Bodine. Fifth, Bill Elliott. Sixth, Terry Labonte. That has changed also as it looks like now Alan Klawicki has moved into sixth and that will drop Terry back to seventh position. Phil Parsons being posted eighth. Darrell Waltrip ninth and Davey Allison in 10th. And all those cars would still be on the lead lap, at least at lap 260. The 11th position belonged to Mike Alexander. Didn't Haven't talked all that much about him this afternoon. That young driver is really, he's impressed me since stepping in for Bobby Allison after Allison's accident at Pocono. He's a dedicated racer, and I think we'll hear a lot of the good things from him in the years to come. He has a full schedule set to run with him next year. Mark Martin is back in 12th. Bobby Hillen is 13th. 14th is Greg Sachs rounding out the top 15. They're showing Sterling Marlin. In 16th position is Kenny Schrader. 17th, that's Neil Bonnet. 18th belongs to Lake Speed. 19th is Kyle Petty. And rounding out the top 20 is Brett Bodine. And that's the way they're running here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. Well, the battle for the lead is in turn three. Ricky Rod down to the inside of Dale Earnhardt. Dead even working their way through the corner. Off turn number four. Both of them flat-footed out of the corner and down to the start-finish line. If that had been the final lap, Rudd would have won it by about six inches. Earnhardt's on the outside. Rudd in the preferred groove down to the inside. He can force him a little high, does that out of turn number two, and Ricky Rudd has a lead, at least for the moment. Rudd gets the edge coming off the corner. Now slips down underneath Earnhardt and picks up the lead as they head for turn four. But Dale's going to try and cut it hard off turn four if he can. He can't this time. He had an idea to try and make the inside pass on Rudd, but the Quaker State Buick covered the inside opening, and they have to go single file in turn two. Ricky Rudd leads the way this time, coming off the corner as they hit the back straightaway and hit for turn number three. Rudd has the lead by about a car length over Dale Earnhardt. Rusty Wallace, meanwhile, about five car lengths back, sits in third. I can see Rusty Wallace just chomping at the mm-hmm. bit to get up there and get make that a three-way battle for the lead, and if he can get there, it'll be a dandy. He's not that far behind, about ten, maybe twelve car lengths behind Earnhardt in second place as they work up the back straightaway. Wallace is third. They're in the number three corner. 
Back when uh, there was a battle for the third spot between Ricky Rudd and Rusty Wallace, I saw a noticeable change in the Kodiak Pontiac and his handling ability. He was right there with Rudd, but the car kicked out one time here in turn number four. Since that time, looks like Rusty has been a little more calculated making his move through the corners. Hasn't been taking chances as he was earlier. He's been keeping the car down at the bottom of the racetrack and actually losing ground to some of the other runners as he comes to the corner. That probably is responsible for where he sits now, about five car lengths back from the lead battle. And the leaders pick their way around Kyle Petty. They flash past the Ricky Rudd pit area where Jim Phillips is standing. Ricky Rudd's car has been up front all day long. He's had, seems to be good tires all day, Larry McReynolds. Right now, you're in a position to go on to win the race. How about the tires you've had so far today? Well, Goodyear has given us an excellent tire to race here. Uh, the set we had on before this set was a little bit too tight in the center. Wouldn't quite cut like it should in the center. Right now, we seem to be back on track with our tires. The way things is going right now really wouldn't hurt my feelings if it just went green the rest of the way. Are you able to pace even though you lead the race? Are you able to pace the car the way you want to? Didn't really hear you. Are you able to pace the car the way you want to even though you're leading the race? Yeah, you know, the biggest thing we talked about was, you know, just taking them one by one, getting by Dale, and just making sure we keep Dale in our mirror. You know, there ain't no way we're going to go around and put Dale a lap down. So the biggest thing is just try to keep him behind us now. So Larry McReynolds and the Quaker State crew want to keep that number three in the rearview mirror. Richard Petty again in the south end of the racetrack, almost put it into the wall down there. It is going to be a long day here at North Wilkesboro for Richard Petty and also for Morgan Shepard we talked about. When a car is not working any better than these two are this afternoon, it's a credit to the driver to just stay out there and keep it between the walls. But it's nobody's particular fault. They probably put a setup in it they thought would work and did work in practice, obviously, or they would not have had it under the car when they started the race. But perhaps it's something they can't change and make it any better. All you can do is kind of live with it. Terry Labonte is just about in the same boat. They ran as quick in practice here as anyone and just absolutely felt like they could win this race. He is currently all the way back to seventh position. And that combination between Junior Johnson and Terry Labonte has not been what everybody thought it might be. Junior's cars are used to winning four, five, six races a year, being a contender for the championship. And there's been no particular reason why the, the thing did not gel for the last two years, and Labonte talked about that. It's just awful tough, you know, when you're when you're running and then you have a flat tire or something late in the race and you can't do nothing about it. I mean, you know, this just one of those things that happens. That's just, uh, uh, just luck. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, you know, we've run the times we have run good is when we've had the tough luck. So uh, it hadn't worked out uh, as good as we'd like for it to. He told me yesterday he'll be glad, just absolutely glad when the 88 season is over. They can sort of dismount and regroup and fight on foot and change some things next year. Yeah, I guess so. You know, we got off to really a good start this year and, and things were looking good. And then we kind of got in a slump and, and just couldn't do nothing right. Couldn't finish any races where we were running good. We could finish the ones that we weren't running good in and. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll be glad when it's over and we can regroup again and come back with the uh, next year, you know, and, and shoot at them again. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with the new Ford next year. Yeah, it's a good-looking race car. It was unveiled at Charlotte last weekend, and it's going to be a car that Junior says is going to get the job done at 89. Bill Elliott's Ford, Joe Moore, is getting the job done right now in his battle with uh, Jeff Bodine. He just picked up the fourth position, a side-by-side duel between Elliott and Bodine for a couple of laps, and Elliott did pull down to the inside. Looked like he kind of turned up the wick in the Coors Ford and moved right on by. He's picked up about a two-car length lead over Bodine. Again, that's the fourth position. It's Bodine in fifth, and right behind Bodine now, the other Ford, Alan Kowicki, he sits in the sixth position. Kowicki goes underneath 
Bodine out of the corner. He's about to move up a notch, and Bodine's car begins to shoot up, push a little bit, coming out of turn number four, and Alan Kulwicki will take the spot away from Jeff Bodine. Elliott, indeed, is running a little bit faster. Here he is out of turn number two and up the backstretch. He's got about a five-car length lead now over Alan Kulwicki as he begins to move up, coming into the corner. Clear sailing, no lap traffic will be a factor here as Elliott begins his march to the front. So Bill Elliott trying to work his way towards the point. Dale Earnhardt, meanwhile, the race... Uh, second place car is right on the rear deck of Davey Allison. The race leader, Ricky Rudd, having already gone by Allison, putting Davey a lap down. At this moment, there are nine cars on the lead lap. Ricky Rudd and Earnhardt, along with Rusty Wallace, Jeff Bodine, Bill Elliott, Terry Labonte, Alan Kowicki, Phil Parsons, and for the moment, Darrell Waltrip, although Ricky Rudd, the race leader, bears in on Waltrip in turn three. He moves in on Waltrip, coming into turn number three. About uh, half a car length separates the two for a moment. A close call there as Neil Bonnet kind of got uh, in the way of Rudd trying to make his move up on Waltrip and uh, looks like they exchanged a bit of sheet metal here as they came through turns three and four. Rudd did hang on though and guard the spot. Now here on the back straightaway, looks like Rudd will go to work on Waltrip. He pulls up alongside him to put a lap on the time machine. Darrell's going to really have to struggle to keep from going a lap down because if this race stays under green, it's almost impossible to make a lap up at a track like North Wilkesboro. Again, he forces Rudd a little bit outside to run in behind his brother, Mike Waltrip, going into the corner. That doesn't last very long. Ricky tucks right back in behind Darrell Waltrip. And let's see if he can get around him. They're back in three. For the time being, the brothers Waltrip holding Ricky Rudd at bay, so he's not able to make the move as of yet. Once again, it's still Rudd right behind Waltrip trying to get by. Again, if you just tuned in, this is not for the race lead, but for Ricky Rudd to try and put Darrell Waltrip a lap down. Rudd has the lead in this Holly Farms 400 at North Wilkesboro over Dale Earnhardt, who's second. Rudd's going to try it again on the backstretch. Tries to go to the outside as Waltrip holds the inside line, but once again, it does not work. So all he can do is just ride there. They tap this time coming out of turn number four. Ricky literally just shoved Arrow a little bit coming out of the corner saying, hey, I'm here. I'm going to get around you some way or another. He takes the outside groove and they get almost uh, door to door, eye to eye as they work up the back straightaway. We'll follow that for just one more lap around. Ricky stays in the throttle this time in the turn. If the start-finish line was right here at the entrance of turn three, Rudd would have it. It looks like maybe he'll hold on for it this time. Rudd comes around on the outside, crosses his start-finish line, and is about to put Darrell Walter per lap down. Looks like that's what he's going to do going out of turn number two. A lot of smoke out of Alan Kulwicki's car as he went off turn number two. He's down on the apron of the track in front of Joe Moore. Car still rolling, but again, a lot of smoke as he hit about the uh, halfway point down the back straightaway. Kulwicki quickly has taken on the pit road. Maybe all for him. Well, maybe all indeed for Alan Kulwicki. We'll watch him and see what he does. Here he comes on the pit road, very slow. Had a little, quite a bit of smoke coming out of the car there for just a moment. He's going on down the pits. Looks like he's going to make that turn into the garage area. And Alan Kulwicki will join Harry Gant, Rob Moroso, and Lee Falk as the cars that are out this afternoon here at the Speedway. The attrition rate has been very low at this, at this racetrack. From the North Wilkesboro Speedway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Need auto parts but can't get to a store right now? Head to O'ReillyAuto.com. Buy your parts online and pick them up in any of the 5,000 O'Reilly Auto Parts stores nationwide. No shipping costs, easy returns, and convenient pickup on your schedule. Shop your way at O'ReillyAuto.com. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Grunt Style. The American fighting spirit is in everything we make. We are 500 patriots and veterans strong, bringing clothing manufacturing back to the United States of America. Always moving forward, never retreating, never giving up. We are grunt style, and 
This will defend. Get yours at gruntstyle.com. We are here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. We are under caution for the fifth time this afternoon. Exactly lap number 300 is on the board. There is some oil on the innermost portion of the back straightaway. Not really in the racing groove, but NASCAR felt it would best to be put some of the speedy dry down in the aftermath of the problems with Alan Kowicki. Let's see if Jim Phillips has caught up with Kowicki in the garage. And we do have Alan Kowicki. The Xerox Ford is setting the garage area. Alan, what put you out of it? You're running a good race today, running fifth. Yeah, you know, we were just really starting to move up there. We got a little behind on our pit stops, and I don't know, we were up to fifth or something like that and, and coming on pretty good. That's uh, too bad because the Zurich Samico Ford Thunderbird was running real good, but we blew an engine. So Alan Kowicki's out of it today with a blown engine here in the Holly Farms 400. Pit stops are on uh, tap right now. Right side tires for the Allen, excuse me, for the uh, Ricky Rudd machine. Right side tires for Dale Earnhardt. And now the crew is going to hustle around to the left side. So Barney, a four tire change for the lead automobiles. I think we're going to see it on just about all the top runners. Let's check in with Allen Bestwick. Well, Jeff Bodine had fallen back a couple of spots during that last stretch of green, green flag racing. I talked with Waddell Wilson, the crew chief, just a minute ago. He said the car had gotten loose on them. They needed a tire change. They got their break now. Four tires for the Levi Garris Chevrolet. He's down and away. Well, that race off pit road was quite a good one. Earnhardt will win it. He comes out first. Rusty Wallace barely beats Ricky Rudd out by just a foot or two. He'll move into the number two spot. Rudd is back to third. Waltrip back there right now. He made a quick pit stop, and here he is coming back on a pit road for a second round. Well, I thought he was. He dropped down to the inside of the racetrack like he was going to go on to pit road, but apparently he's going to stay out there. And those are the four quickest cars that came out of the pits. And a problem for Sterling Marlin, Alan? It looked like he took off with the left front lug nuts loose. They uh, apparently were going to change all four tires, and he didn't know it. And so when they dropped the jack around, the car uh, took off and had only three tires on it. They're now uh, got the left side jacked up, replacing the left side tires. Hoosier tires going on the car. They drop it down, and uh, away he goes. So the Piedmont Airlines team in for service with Sterling Marlin on caution flag number five of the afternoon at lap number 300. We're getting ready to go back to green. They're now posting seven cars on the lead lap with less than 100 laps remaining the Holly Farms 400. Earnhardt's the leader. Wallace is second. Third is Ricky Rudd. Bill Elliott's fourth. Fifth is Jeff Bodine. Sixth is Terry Labonte. Last car on the lead lap is Phil Parsons. Green flag. They take it to turn number one. Earnhardt tries to get away. Can't shake Rusty Wallace. Can't shake Ricky Rudd, although Rudd Gets shuffled out of the running order a little bit. Darrell Waltrip is a lap down trying to get up there and get himself back on the lead lap there in three. Now Rudd breaks free as some of the traffic gets around the Darrell Waltrip car and begins trying to chase down the front two, Earnhardt and Wallace. Off the corner they come. Back to the start-finish line. Ricky Rudd having worked his way through some race traffic is now within a couple of car lanes at the front two, Earnhardt and Rusty Wallace. Earnhardt leads the way off turn number two, takes it wide here on the back straightaway as they head for turn number three. Wallace already starts picking down on the inside for a chance to make a move. He stays tucked in there behind him there for the meantime. All he wants to do is stay right now with Dale Earnhardt. They're not going to do much door-to-door racing. They try to like to put a little daylight on Ricky Rudd and Bill Elliott and Jeff Bodine and then maybe settle this thing between just the two of them rather than five or six cars at the end. I tell you who really we need to give a call to and that's Phil Parsons. He's yeah. been way back in traffic uh, four or five different times a day and has managed to stay on that lead lap and it still has a shot to win this thing. He has driven quite a race this afternoon. Leaders go back into turn number one and Wallace almost pulled that car underneath Earnhardt and just about got the pit wall going down into the turn trying to take the lead away from him. They're back in turn three. Wallace has certainly made a good adjustment on the Kodiak Pontiac. The car is handling 100% better now than it was before that round of pit stops. He is once again looking down to the inside of Earnhardt. 
but you can't count out Bill Elliott. You can't count out Jeff Bodine, nor for that matter, Terry Labonte. All of those cars well within shouting distance of the leaders. They're on the back stretch. Front four, back and back, they have five here all together as they head down the back straightaway. It's Earnhardt leading the way. Wallace is second. Third is Rudd. Fourth is Bill Elliott. Fifth is Jeff Bodine. Dale Earnhardt, right now, the way Rusty Wallace is putting the heat on him, has got to think about the type of aggressive driver he was three or four years ago, or actually for the last four years, because Wallace is just letting it all hang out here. Right now, he's not thinking about Winston Cup championship or anything else. He's thinking about winning this race. They're back in three. He tried to go to the outside of Dale Earnhardt coming off turn number two, but quickly fell back into single file and again peeks to the inside of Earnhardt. At the same time, though, if you fall out of this race at this moment, and with only four cars in the garage area, you're looking at a 28th place finish, so you really can't take too many chances to put yourself on the sidelines or anybody else for that matter, because with the points being up for grabs and the attrition rate very low here today, you can really find yourself in a world of hurt, as they say, should things not go well this afternoon. I don't think Rusty would pay any attention to what you're saying right now. He wants <laughs> to win this race. I don't, as I said, all he has on his mind is getting around Dale Earnhardt, and if he finds a wee bit of an opening anywhere, he's going to take it. He's about a half a car length back as they head to three. And he's pushing Earnhardt into the corner once again, right up on his rear deck and looking for room to get by. Squeezes down to the inside. You're right. They squeeze off turn number four. Rusty Wallace says, I want to go for the lead. He'll try and drive as low and as deep into that corner as he can in turn one going downhill. The car seemed to get askew just a bit, but he gathers it in side by side. Side by side into turn number three. Earnhardt with the edge, but coming into the corner, they exchange some sheet metal. Rusty Wallace gets the edge. He's on the inside and grabs the lead. That's contact racing between two of the best in the business right now. Rusty Wallace and Dale Earnhardt, and I'm going to bet you when this race is over, when those two get out of the car, regardless if they spin each other out or whatever, they're not going to have any really bad, unkind words for each other. They just like to race like that. Ricky Rudd could be the beneficiary of all this racing between first and second position if those two get locked up and skitter the car around. He could zip up into the lead. He's keeping a safe distance of about a car length and a half behind Dale Earnhardt in case that situation happens. Still a lot of racing left at North Wilkesboro. An unscheduled pit stop for Neil Bonnet. Alan Bestwick is there. The Valvoline crew jacked up the right side of the Pontiac. They're looking at the right front wheel. They think they have a bearing problem. The wheel is smoking. And now the high sign for Neil to take the car to the garage area. They're done for the day. So Neil Bonnet will go out of the race. He will make the fifth driver to have retired his car here this afternoon. And we spoke a moment ago about how low the attrition rate has been. That's a credit to these NASCAR mechanics, the durability they are building into these race cars nowadays. As he makes the hard left turn and goes to the garage area, perhaps we can get a word with him there in just a moment. Neil Bonnet is out of it. Running order here at North Wilkesboro this afternoon. Well, it's been a dandy race off and on. Rusty Wallace finally gets up there and gets into the lead. Earnhardt is now back to second position. Ricky Rudd is third. Bill Elliott's fourth. Fifth, Jeff Bodine. Sixth right now. They're posting Terry Labonte. And the last car on the lead lap would be the 55 car, and that is Phil Parsons. So there are seven cars pretty much in it here this afternoon, although right now the way they're threatening to pull away up in the front of the pack, they're trying to cut it down to maybe a three- or four-car battle at the end. Let's go to the garage. Well, we're in the pits of... Rusty Wallace, a while ago your guy was racing Dale Earnhardt like there was no tomorrow. Did that bother you, Barry? Barry Dodson? No, not at all, you know. We told him to take care of the tires. we got a long way to go. Right now we got to try to win every race, and that's what we're trying to do. So with 75 laps to go, do you have the right setup? Oh, uh, boy, I hope so. So Barry Dodson thinks they have the right setup right now on the Kodiak Pontiac. 
It's about all you can do is hope. They've done everything for Rusty Wallace they can. They put the best setup underneath the car except for him now. Of course, you talk about doing something for your team. What that crew did for Rusty last week to win that race at Charlotte, if ever a race was won by a crew at the tail end, uh, that was uh, a very major story because that car was missing much of the day. The engine never really was working as best they would like all afternoon. you got to give him credit. He's a race driver. Junior Johnson said in the garage area, some folks were standing around the other day, that he is the most aggressive driver right now going, and that includes Dale Earnhardt, although Earnhardt is no slouch at it. He still will run the wheels off of you, but Rusty just gets out there, and that's the only thing that's on his mind is winning a race, just like you heard his crew chief, Barry Dodson, say just a moment ago. He has a pretty good chance of doing it right now if that car keeps handling and working like it has for the last 15 or 20 laps around. He's pulled away by about a fourth of a straightaway heading up into turn three. About a second and a half the lead now for Rusty Wallace over Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt still with his hands full. Ricky Rudd is right behind him. Talk about handful too. You've got Bill Elliott trying to hold off Terry Labonte to his inside and Phil Parsons to his outside as Bill has been backpedaling just a bit from fifth towards sixth to seventh spot. That battle is a good one with Labonte, Earnhardt, Phil Parsons, excuse me, Labonte, Elliott, and Phil Parsons, Davey Allison also. It's a battle for the fourth position and side by side now for fourth is Elliott on the outside, Labonte on the inside, and behind them stacked up battling for position is Davey Allison and Phil Parsons. you got to give a call to Bill Elliott too. He's got as much to lose in, the, in these final four races as anybody. The Winston Cup Championship, as a matter of fact, he's out there racing hard. He knows right now trying to take a spot away, whether he finishes third or fourth, isn't going to make that much difference, but he would rather finish third or fourth if he can, move on up as close to the front of the pack. He's a racer also. He's still caught in that outside lane. Labonte gets in that throttle, pulls him off turn number four, and gets himself up in front of Bill Elliott. And Elliott now has to tuck in single file, so he's going to have to work again if he tries that position away. Phil Parsons gets way high in the middle of the corner there in turns one and two. Looked like he might have took a ride for just a second. They're back in three. Parsons gets control of it now, and he's battling alongside Davey Allison. Labonte has picked up fourth. Elliott now is in fifth, so the battle is before the sixth spot. Davey Allison and Phil Parsons battling it out. Davey Allison not being shown on the lead lap. Phil Parsons in. Is, but Davey trying to run there as best he can. Allison at the last rundown was showed in 10th spot, just one lap down to the race leaders. But Phil Parsons is still having trouble getting by him because Phil's car not working all that well, Joe. He's pushing out way high in the corner, very much like Morgan Shepard was earlier this afternoon. But Parsons is doing a good job hanging on to what he's got. Let's go to Jim Phillips. Trouble in the, the back straightaway. It's a Jimmy Means car dropping down to the inside. It involves the leader. Rusty Wallace gets a little bit of sheet metal damage from the front end of his car. And the Jimmy Means car kicks up a lot of dust down on the inside of the track. Caution is on the speedway as they come across the line to take the the uh, yellow flag. It will put us under caution. We'll see everybody probably ducking on the pit road to get another setup underneath those cars. Jimmy Means' car took quite a ride. Now it comes back onto the racetrack. There's quite a bit of sheet metal damage to the left side of the car. We can see that from the tower as he works over to turn number three in front of Joe Moore. A lot of dust on the car, I'll say that for sure, and a lot of sheet metal damage on the front end. Couldn't quite see what happened as they came off the corner already. Means' car was sideways, and uh, the Rusty Wallace car was right behind him. Again, a bit of sheet metal damage on the front end of Rusty Wallace's machine. But, of course, the worst end of it goes to Jimmy Means. Jimmy's front end is badly damaged. Looked like he might have got into that guardrail, and that will just that inside guardrail will literally eat up a race car. Here they come on pit road, and this should be the final stop of the day, barring another caution. Let's cover those stops first to Jim Phillips. And Ricky Rudd has the Quaker State Buick in. They're changing four tires this time. Also, Rusty Wallace farther on down pit road. The sheet metal damage to Rusty's car did not look that bad from here. Bill Elliott's changing four tires on the Coors Ford. Also, Dale Earnhardt. Alan Bestwick. And uh, Jeff Bodine getting four Hoosiers on the Levi Garrett Chevrolet. Down and away. Four good years for Phil Parsons in the Crown Skull Oldsmobile. They're bolting the left side tires on now. He'll be down and away as well. 
Dale Earnhardt will win the race off pit road among the front runners. Ricky Rudd comes out second, then Jeff Bodine third, fourth, Kerry Labonte, and Rusty Wallace will be fifth in the running order as they get back out there. Eli, you were making an observation of what they were doing to Wallace's yeah, car. Yeah, there was an area of concern, Barney. The right rear is the area that was getting the attention. They were trying to pull the sheet metal out and back away from the tire, but it doesn't seem to be visually from up here a major problem, but up close, obviously, that was the area that they were attending to. After pit stops, Dale Earnhardt is currently at the head of the field, ahead of Ricky Rudd, then Jeff Bodine, Terry Labotti, and Bill Elliott. Phil Parsons also on the lead lap, as is Rusty Wallace. Lap 340 being posted on the scoreboard as the field comes by. Those of you who'd like to check out the Richard Childress Racing Operations, there will be an open house at the Good Wrench Team Shops in Welcome, North Carolina, on October the 29th. The open house is from 9 in the morning until 6 that night. Dale Earnhardt, of course, will be there. That's the open house at Richard Childress Racing. And at the conclusion of today's broadcast of the Holly Farms 400, Barney and I will be selecting the Havatampa Close But No Cigar Award, the winning driver getting $200 from Havatampa. They're ready to go back to green. Rusty Wallace made three pit stops as the crew worked over that car. They've done all they can for it right now. We're set to go back and finish this one. Hopefully here under green, he will fall back to the end of the running order, which will put him back in seventh position. Earnhardt's the leader. Ricky Rudd is second. Jeff Bodine is third. Terry Labonte is fourth. Fifth is Bill Elliott. Sixth is Phil Parsons. And seventh right now is Rusty Wallace. Pace car is on pit road. Here we come. Harold Kinder puts the green out. They take it back to turn number one. Earnhardt up through that gearbox. Gets away from Ricky Rudd and very wisely moves out in the middle of that groove to let, sliding up in there, Sterling Marlin's car to try to pinch off Ricky Rudd from any charge he's going to make on him. They're back in three. Once again, the Goodrich Chevrolet leading the way already with a four-car link lead over Ricky Rudd. Sterling Marlin falls in right behind Rudd. One of the big stories, too, is how much time will it take Rusty Wallace to work his way back to the front. He is in the middle of the field after those repeated pit stops. He is right now right behind Phil Parsons, who is also on the lead lap. Got to really pick and choose here now. Rusty Wallace has as he comes down the corner up behind the Phil Parsons car down on the inside, the the, uh, Bouchard machine, and he works his way down to the end, almost makes it Three wide coming off turn number four. Childress's crew has really done a job on Earnhardt's car. It's just a little bit off a time or two today, and every time they've been able to get on pit road, they've made it a little better and a little better, and right now he has an interval of about seven or eight car lengths on Ricky Rudd up in the middle of turns three and four. Rudd is still very much in this thing. So is Jeff Bodine. Falling back a little bit now is Terry Labonte. He's lost about almost a full straightaway to the leaders, along with Bill Elliott and, of course, Phil Parsons and Rusty Wallace, who, as Eli pointed out, is mired back there in a lot of the lap traffic, and he can't go anywhere. Back in three, the leader. Dale Earnhardt leads him back into three with a two-car length lead over Ricky Rudd. Back behind him, three car lengths back, the Jeff Bodine car, then several lap cars before Terry Labonte comes along. Terry Labonte has men right there on his rear deck, including Bill Elliott and Phil Parsons. But those two cars, the lap cars of Kenny Schrader and Darrell Walter, back now as a buffer between third and fourth places. Sterling Marlin drops down to the inside of the racetrack now, allowing Terry Labonte to get by. Now Bill Elliott, too, goes to the outside of Sterling Marlin's car. Right behind him, another car on the lead lap, Phil Parsons. He takes it wide off turn four. Parsons trying to find some place to go to get out of that traffic. He can't do a thing as he works back into turn number one. The interval between the leader, Dale Earnhardt, and Jeff Bodine, the third-place car, is 1.3 seconds. It's about two-tenths of a second, which it's even less than that now, between Ricky Rudd and Dale Earnhardt. It's about two car lengths as they come out of turn number four, cross the line, and work their way back into the south end of the racetrack. These fans are getting into this thing now. We're seeing hats in the air, people waving, standing up. 
as again Ricky Rudd tries to close in on Dale Earnhardt in the middle of the backstretch. Now to within two car lengths as they head for the corner. Rudd tries to close in on Earnhardt while meanwhile Ricky, rather uh, Rusty Wallace is back in the field. He's trying to move up, working his way around the Lake Speed car. Speed is stacked up side by side with Sterling Marlin off turn four. Rusty Wallace could not hold Lake Speed back. Lake goes around him. Phil Parsons also pulls away so Rusty not getting around as well as he was prior to that encounter with Rick, with the Jimmy Means car. Neil Bonnet, as we told you, is back in the race. He is 19 laps down, but out there picking up Winston Cup points for the Valvoline Racing Team. The leader is Dale Earnhardt. Ricky Rudd and Jeff Bodine close in now. It's no more than seven car lanes from first back to third. And back to the fifth position, a good battle going on. Phil Parsons is trying to work his way up alongside Bill Elliott. Elliott has the spot as they come into the corner. They go single file this time. Here's Rusty Wallace further back, trying to get around the lap car Lake Speed. He drops to the inside of the racetrack, and Wallace will make his move. Wallace is doing everything he can with an ill-handling car. It's not working like it was before he got involved in that collision over there just a moment ago when Jimmy Means brought out the last caution we had just a few minutes ago, but he's going to salvage a pretty good finish nevertheless. The leader is Dale Earnhardt. As the laps wind down, right behind him is Ricky Rudd. Now, whether Rudd's playing a waiting game or whether he just wants to ride there for the moment or can't get around him, that's anybody's guess. Making it a three-way battle, continuing to close in on the front two is Jeff Bodine. Don't count him out. They're back in three. Bodine closes in now to within three car lengths of the front two, and they, of course, are right on each other's bumper coming off turn number four. And Jeff Bodine just a couple of car lanes further back, the front three pulling away comfortably now from fourth place Terry Labonte. The leaders are in turns one and two, and Ricky Rudd just stalking right there behind Earnhardt. Back in the fifth position, still watching that good battle between Bill Elliott and Phil Parsons. Parsons now has moved around. He made his move on the front straight away, dropped down to the inside to pick up the spot. Elliott now battles back to try to get underneath Parsons. Parsons has been very visible all day long in this race. The Holly Farms 400 here at North Wilkesboro still having a strong run and still trying to pick up as many positions to get up to the front of the pack as he can as the laps wind down this afternoon. I got a feeling Ricky Rudd may have a little something left, but getting around Dale Earnhardt is no piece of cake no matter what he's got left. But uh, the way we've watched him run this afternoon, as much horsepower as he has getting off these corners, if he can get any kind of position on Earnhardt, it's going to be a whale of a finish. Those two go back into the south end of the racetrack. The fly and the ointment could be Jeff Bodine. He's getting close enough now that they're very much aware that he is a factor in this race. They're back in three. Looks like Bodine doesn't want to get too close right now. He's waiting to see what's going to happen up front. And for the time being, it's staying as is. Earnhardt leading the way. Rudd sitting in second. A Chevrolet and a couple of Buicks working among the lead automobiles. Buick hasn't won here at North Wilkesboro since 1982. Last Chevrolet victory. Well, that, of course, is far more recent, but not so much for Buick. They're trying to get back onto the victory lane here for the first time in some six years. At North Wilkesboro, off turn number four, Earnhardt again showing the way. Ricky Rudd right there within a half car length and then four car lengths further back to Jeff Bodine. A goodly distance, nearly a full straightaway back to Phil Parsons and Terry Labonte battling side by side. Battle for the fifth spot, they go at it, and also a battle for the seventh spot. Right behind them, Bill Elliott and Rusty Wallace are side by side. We'll settle the fifth place battle now. Phil Parsons gets around Terry Labonte, but the battle for seventh rages on. Wallace down on the inside of Bill Elliott. Tell you what, you got to give Rusty Wallace a call. If you're sitting here in the tower where we are coming out of that fourth corner and have the view, he's hung that car out. I've seen dirt trackers that didn't hang it out as much coming off the turn as Rusty Wallace has. Keeps it under control, doesn't lose any ground, and gets around Bill Elliott back in three. Wallace grabs the spot now, and Elliott does everything he can to get by for the time being, though. He'll have to stay there in the eighth position. 
Back off the corner they come. Phil Parsons now pulling away from Terry Labonte. Rusty Wallace trying to close in. So too Bill Elliott. Bill not able to keep the pace. But at the point, Ricky Rudd says Trouble it's time to make... turn number three. It's Earnhardt getting sideways as Ricky Rudd got into him. Rudd tried to dive down to the inside. Got into the quarter panel of Earnhardt. Earnhardt went sideways, but he's chasing him back again. Well, Rick- there may be a little heat flaring here again. He taps him going into the corner, and Rudd is sideways. Earnhardt goes to the outside. Bodine comes to the inside. Caution is on the speed. Way, and this one heats up as the laps wind down in the Holly Farms 400. Ricky Rudd sitting at the bottom of the racetrack. Contact in both ends of the speedway between Ricky Rudd and Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt comes down to take the yellow flag. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here. Rudd gets his car fired, turns it around, and is up in front of Joe Moore. It doesn't look to be any damage as you come by our particular area. You can see some tire marks on the sides of the Quaker State Buick, but again, no really noticeable damage on his machine as he tries to catch back up to the front of the pack. And what's going to happen here is the fact that Dale Earnhardt and Ricky Rudd both will be, I believe, placed to the tail end of the lead pack. Not the tail end of the lead lap, but the tail end of the lead pack as the field would get set for the restart. We'll wait and see exactly, but I believe that's the call that NASCAR has just made. Here come pit stops with just 40 laps to go. Last chance in. Let's first go to Jim Phillips. And Dale Earnhardt brings the Goodrich Chevrolet in for four Goodyear tires. Also, Terry Labonte is in on pit road. We're still waiting on the Quaker State Buick of Ricky Rudd, and here he comes. A little bit of front-end damage on the front end of his car, down on the lower spoiler part. They're changing, putting four new tires on. This will be sticker tires for Ricky Rudd and the Quaker State Buick. Bill Elliott is sticking with the Hoosier tires. He's putting on four new tires, four sticker tires for the Coors 4. Alan Bestwick. Outstanding pit work by the Levi Garrett Chevrolet crew. Four tires on Jeff Bodine's car down and away very quickly. Bodine did get into run in that incident over in turn two, though. The front end sheet metal on the number five Chevrolet is beating him. Kind of a, a nice little U-shape right in the square center of the front grille. Doesn't appear to be any major damage, though. Under caution here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. Everybody coming in to get the best setup they can get underneath that car and see what happens here in the Holly Farms 400. We're set to go back to green. Kenny Schrader did not pit, so his car is now on the tail end of the lead lap. Earnhardt and Rudd, as we suspected, were placed at the tail end of the lead pack. As the race leader now is Jeff Bodine ahead of Labonte, Rusty Wallace, and Bill Elliott in turn two. Bodine's battling to get around Kenny Schrader. Get Schrader almost sideways coming off the corner, and they'll go three wide in turn number three. The other one of the members of the threesome is the Bobby Hillen car. He's down at the bottom of the racetrack. They clear that machine. They swing wide out of turn number four. Bodine gets around Schrader. So does Kerry Labonte. So does Rusty Wallace, who currently is the third-place car. This is the running order. Bodine is the leader. That's Jeff Bodine. Labonte is second. Third is Wallace. Fourth is Bill Elliott. Fifth is Phil Parsons. Sixth is Earnhardt. And then comes Ricky Rudd, back in three. Jeff Bodine leads the way, has a car link lead over Terry Labonte now as they exit turn four. Scoreboard says lap 365, 400 make up the show here this afternoon at North Wilkesboro. Jeff Bodine right where he wants to be, and Terry Labonte with that Junior Johnson prepared car right back in the hunt. Further back in the field, of course, everyone watching the moves of Ricky Rudd and of Dale Earnhardt. They're both picking their way through some of the slower traffic. Now right up on the rear deck of Phil Parsons is Earnhardt, while down at the bottom of the racetrack comes Ricky Rudd. So the outcome of this race may well drastically be changed as they work back into turn number one, heading off into the corner. Rudd trying to get underneath Earnhardt. Couldn't do it. Bobby Hillen's car is there. Hillen is still down to the inside of Earnhardt. He has to take the outside groove as they head up to three. Ricky Rudd goes to the outside line to get around the Bobby Hillen car. So now they're going single file back towards turn four. It is two and a half seconds from first place back to the Earnhardt-Ricky Rudd combo as they work their way towards the point. Whether there are enough laps remaining to make it pay off, we'll find out inside of 35 laps to go. Jeff Bodine shows the way. Back to turn number three, a four-car length separation 
between he and second place Terry Labonte. Right on Labonte's rear deck is Rusty Wallace, and he's trying to make a move. Tell you what, Rusty Wallace, despite the fact that that car is beaten, battered, is not about to give this race up. He has been hanging it out in both ends of the speedway, right now trying to get back up into second position. He still has plenty of time left to do it. 371 laps are now on the board of the 400. Jeff Bodine continues to lead the Holly Farms 400 here at North Wilkesboro. Rusty Wallace running a strong second now. Terry Labonte third. Bill Elliott fourth. Phil Parsons fifth. Ricky Rudd is sixth. Dale Earnhardt is seventh. Those cars on the lead lap. They're on the back stretch. A little less than a second separation now between Bodine and the Rusty Wallace car. Closest battle, I guess, now will be back for the fourth position. Bill Elliott holds the spot, and Phil Parsons is right on his rear deck. Tell you what, there's seven drivers out there that have driven their rear ends off here this afternoon to win this race, and all seven of them are still on the lead lap and hanging right in there. The leader is Jeff Bodine. He has the advantage for the moment. He's ahead of Rusty Wallace by a couple of seconds. Wallace has a car that is not quite up to par, but despite that fact, he's dispensed with everybody and put himself back up there in second position, now trying to track down Jeff Bodine. But he's not gaining any ground, although he isn't losing any. Terry Labonte is third. Fourth right now is Bill Elliott. That's been an aggressive run for Elliott to get into that position with Phil Parsons. He may not have it secured yet. Here comes Parsons around on the outside in the backstretch. They were three wide for a moment. The slower car of Ernie Irvin down on the inside of the racetrack. Elliott had the next up line, and then it was Phil Parsons who made his move on the outside. 1.09 seconds, the differential from first back to second place, Rusty Wallace. Equally a distance back of a second is Terry Labonte in third, then a half second further back to Phil Parsons and Bill Elliott. We are at 375, 25 laps to go. Jeff Bodine, who at the first time today took over the lead on lap number 150, is now back at the point at the time when he wants to be there. Inside of 25 laps remaining, Rusty Wallace not giving up the chase, but he is basically for the moment stuck at about a second in arrears to the race leader. And about a second back to the third place car of Terry Labonte. He has a car link over the fourth place machine of Phil Parsons. Then it's Bill Elliott and Ricky Rudd followed by the Dale Earnhardt car. Well, when you come to a short track, you expect a lot of excitement, a lot of action, and a lot of little paint swapping and fender bending, and we've seen it here this afternoon, and I'm sure there's going to be some harsh words uh, possibly between Dale Earnhardt and Ricky Rudd, and then again they may get out of the cars and say, well, that's racing, but I, (laughs) I don't think it'll be that way before it's all over. The leader is Jeff Bodine. Here he is out of turn number four. Wallace again just hangs that car out like he's on a dirt track trying to gain some ground, and he has chopped off a couple of car links on Bodine's lead as they work into the south end of the racetrack. Phil Parsons now working on Terry Labonte. That's the best battle on the speedway. It's a battle for the third spot as they come down the back stretch. Labonte comes up on the racetrack, almost forcing Parsons into the outside retaining wall, but it gives him racing room once again as they enter turn four. Labonte is still glued to the low side of the racetrack. Phil Parsons has been running way up high much of the afternoon. He keeps his Oldsmobile wound up, though. Phil Parsons does this time, and he'll make the pass outside of Terry Labonte. When you talk about the beating and banging on the short track, Phil Parsons, I asked him the other day whether you know just how much you can lean on the other guy and vice versa. Is it just seat of the pants racing? Pretty much. You know, really very seldom do we have anybody lose or cool much anymore. Uh, you know, if somebody's holding you up and uh, and, you, and you need to get by them, and, you know, they're going to know that they're holding you up, so obviously they're going to be ready for, I mean, not, a, not an all-out shot, but just a little nudge to maybe try to get you out of shape enough to get by you know it's nothing nothing to trying to spin you out or anything but just trying to get by because you're holding them up and and conversely if, if, if i'm holding somebody else up uh i'm, I'm expecting some more i'm going to get out of their way because the thing is if, if say if i'm running and i'm holding somebody up it's slowing us both down so it's going to be that much quicker if we're not exactly right on the money that we're going to be lapsed so what i try to do usually if i'm really holding somebody up if somebody runs me down from the straightaway behind and I'll let them go. 
because we're going to, I will end up over a 20 lap period running a less elapsed time than I would have if I tried to keep them behind me. That's the thought of Phil Parsons. The running order here remains unchanged. How about the interval, Barney? Well, here it comes down to the line. We clock it right now. The interval is about seven-tenths of a second, so indeed Rusty Wallace is reeling in. Uh, Jeff Bodine, he was better than a second and a half behind just a moment ago. But Bodine has one thing in his favor, Joe Moore. There's no traffic in front of him right now. And that, of course, is what has allowed Rusty Wallace to track him down the present time. Now Wallace is having to deal with that same problem. Has two cars to deal with now, the Ken Bouchard car and Jimmy Means. Working back towards the start-finish line into turn number one. Rusty now clearing himself of those two cars. He's within five or six car lanes of Jeff Bodine. Bodine seems to just be able to get off the corner a bit better than this Rusty Wallace. And he's pretty smooth getting into the corner as well, at least at this end of the speedway, uh, speedway, Eli. He'll drop down to the low side and just kind of drift through, not fighting the steering wheel. The car seems to be doing well for him. Best battle on the racetrack. It's for fourth position. Terry Labonte has it. Bill Elliott wants it, and so does Ricky Rudd. Those three are locked together, going off into the corner door-to-door between Labonte and Elliott right now. Rudd had a thought for just a second of making it three deep as they came out of the corner. Thinks better of it. That heads back to three. Rudd will sit back and watch the side-by-side battle of Labonte on the inside and Elliott on the outside still raging on off turn four. Dale Earnhardt is not a factor in that three-car battle. He has drifted a goodly distance back now as Terry Labonte works inside of Bill Elliott. Ricky Rudd trying to make it three wide in turn number one if he can. Labonte does not move up the racetrack to give enough room for Rudd to sneak down underneath him. So once again, Rudd has to sit back in the back seat and watch the battle go on for that spot. Labonte on the inside, Elliott on the outside. Fans don't really know what to watch. They're watching Rusty Wallace trying to chase down the leader. He's gotten within a couple of car lengths of leader Jeff Bodine right now. He is hanging that car out so much out of turn Trouble in turn number four as Dale Jarrett spins in the Kale Yarborough automobile. There's caution on the speedway. Jarrett gets the car righted and he manages to pull away. Here comes to the stripe. Bodine and Rusty Wallace really battling one another, and that was close and almost impossible for us to call as to who had the lead and who didn't. We'll have to let NASCAR sort that one out, that's for sure, but the caution is on the speedway. Let's see if anybody's going to dive on a pit road and bolt on four new tires. I'm sure the leader will dictate as to what everyone else will do. They're heading over to turn number three as caution is on the racetrack. The pit crews, there is activity in some of the pits. Diving onto pit road, Mike Alexander comes down. Here's the leader out of turn number four. He's going to stay out there. That's Jeff Bodine. Rusty Wallace will stay out there. Terry Labonte and Dale Earnhardt say, well, we better get onto pit road. Let's follow the stops as they head down to Jim Phillips. Terry Labonte in the Budweiser Chevrolet brings it on pit road. And the Junior Johnson crew goes to work on the right side. Big Pete Wright with the jack and the two tires, Goodyear tires around the right side. This team has switched tires a couple of times today. This time it's going to be Goodyear's. The same goes for Dale Earnhardt putting on the Goodyear tires. And that's about the story on this side of pit road. Alan Bestwick. Well, I'm standing in the Jeff Bodine pit, Waddell Wilson trying to decide whether to bring the car in or not, and right now uh, the answer appears to be no. They're going to leave him out on the track. They figure he's in the lead, and that's the best place to be. And, Barney, they have just checked the videotape. There is a photo finish camera set up all race long at Winston Cup races. They have just reviewed it, and Rusty Wallace did beat Jeff Bodine to the stripe. They are now relaying that information to the drivers on the racetrack. So Rusty Wallace will be the race leader here on the restart. They have just reconfirmed it with the videotape camera which is set up just behind Pitt Road, directly in line with the start-finish line. Boy, that's a heads-up piece of driving by Rusty Wallace. If he wins this race this afternoon, he certainly deserves it because he's given everything he has, both he and his race team, the Kodiak Pontiac, today. They're forming up, heading back into turn number one as Harold Kinder gives them the indication uh, that they'll go green in one more lap, nine laps to go. Yeah, according to our calculation up here, Martha Oliver keeping the lap charts, nine laps to go, 391 of the 400 are on the board. 
Oh. So the cars that made a pit stop, which were Terry Labonte and Dale Earnhardt, even though they may have a complete set of change of rubber on that thing and whatever, with just nine laps to go, it's going to be awfully hard to make up any advantage they might have gained by making that stop to catch Rusty Wallace, Jeff Bodine, Phil Parsons, and Bill Elliott, and Ricky Rudd. That's who they're behind as they get ready to go back to green flag racing. Pace cars behind the pit wall. Rusty Wallace is the leader as he comes out of turn number four. Jeff Bodine doesn't want to get shook back in the dust here when they drop that green flag, but he's going to do it because Wallace takes it off in the corner just as hard as he can put it in there and pulls away by one car length. Bodine gets away about four car lengths on third place runner Phil Parsons. Back in three. Parsons works his way around the Jimmy Means car. He's followed by Bill Elliott next in line, of course, Ricky Rudd in the Dale Earnhardt car, and Terry Labonte, all single file on the outside line. They show 393 on the scoreboard now. Seven laps remain as the field works to turn number one. Rusty Waddles has a car length and a half on Jeff Bodine. Bodine tries to reel him in coming off turn number two. Phil Parsons doing a good job further back. He's in the third spot. He tries to track him down. Now Earnhardt makes a move. Looks like some problems on Ricky Rudd's car. Rudd scoots up the racetrack. Earnhardt is out of control. Spins it three times and miraculously everybody gets by. Earnhardt has hit the outside wall. It looks like Mark Martin's car has plowed into him a little bit as Earnhardt comes down down on the apron of the racetrack and talk about a finish here this afternoon and some hot tempers. We're going to have some before this one is all over. Here's Earnhardt taking the caution flag as Wallace comes back under the caution also. He remains in the lead. Riding in the second spot is Jeff Bodine. Third is Phil Parsons. Fourth right now is Bill Elliott. As the fans are going wild here this afternoon, Darrell Waltrip dives onto pit road. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. And it's going to be right side tires for the tied Chevrolet. They're going to change four as a matter of fact. The left side tires are being loosened also. It's a pretty smart move, but Darrell Waltrip get four tires and pick up some positions here these last few laps. Here comes Michael Waltrip, heavy damage evidently. Yes, the right front is totally stove in. The, the wheels all askew there and heavy sheet metal damage to the right front of the Country Time Lemonade car. They are showing 395 on the board, and NASCAR will give the field the one to go this time by. So we are going to get back to green flag racing after this spin involving a number of cars, the ninth caution flag of the afternoon. This will be right now... Caution on lap 396, and we are going back to racing here in just one more lap, so it's going to be a bit of a shootout, Barney, here. It's a chance still for Jeff Bodine to get it done if he gets a good jump. That's the understatement of the year. I want to see this finish. That's what they pay for. Pace car takes him down into the south end of the racetrack and turns one and two, and right now, I guarantee you, blood pressure is 250 in some of those drivers as they work out of turn number two and down the backstretch. The last short track race of the year, well, it had it all here this afternoon at North Wilkesboro. Rusty Wallace is the leader. Right behind him him is Jeff Bodine. Up in the third position, Phil Parsons. Fourth is Bill Elliott. Fifth is Terry Labonte. Sixth is Ricky Rudd. Seventh is Dale Earnhardt. They're over in turn three. Lap cars, of course, lined up down on the inside of the racetrack as the Pontiac safety car now scoots away and heads on to pit road. We're ready for an exciting finish. Not only are the fans standing, all of the officials in the NASCAR booth beside us are standing to watch the finish of this one. Here's the green from Harold Kinder. Quickly, Rusty Wallace to the gearbox. Jeff Bodine does the same. Strong run for Phil Parsons. He's in third as the field works back off turns one and two. Rusty leads him off to the backstretch. Rusty Wallace has the lead by maybe a car length over Jeff Bodine. Bodine quickly tries to erase that margin, closing in ever so more on turn number four. Bodine should have a car that handles a little bit better than Rusty Wallace, but Wallace is absolutely driving the wheels off his car here this afternoon. Bodine is within striking distance, but if Wallace can use up a little bit of racetrack, he'll be able to hold him back there. He 
Can't do anything out of turn number two. They're back in three. He's doing just that, trying to use as much racetrack as he can. Back into turn number three again. Wallace takes the inside line. Here's Bodine right on his rear deck. Rusty's car comes off the corner, wigging and wagging just a bit as the white flag flies. One more lap around as Jeff Bodine is right in behind Rusty Wallace. Wallace's car nearly spins. Bodine has the opening of the inside. It's a battle in the backstretch. Side by side. The edge, though, to Bodine as they come into turn number three. Bodine has the lead. Now he goes sideways. Tapped by Rusty Wallace. They're side by side. I tell you what, we saw it at Bristol. When it breaks out, it's an epidemic. Elliott comes off the corner, totally hung out. Wheel smoking on that car. Checkered flag is out. Rusty Wallace will win the Holly Farms 400. Jeff Bodine will finish second. Phil Parsons third. Fourth should go to Terry Labonte, and fifth would be Bill Elliott. Bill Elliott came off the corner. His car was totally sideways, just billowing up smoke. Somehow Bobby Hillen Jr. got himself caught up in the midst of other cars. A lot of smoke billowing from him. We'll recap it all for you as soon as we come back. Restore your vehicle's lost power by cleaning your entire fuel system with Chevron Techron Fuel System Cleaner. Right now, buy one bottle and get one free at O'Reilly Auto Parts, plus get double O rewards points on your purchase. Keep your engine clean with Chevron Techron Fuel System Cleaner at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires will get you there. Whether you're running on dirt or running a job. Hard, dependable, high-quality tires are the perfect fit for your needs. For unmatched value, selection, and warranty with industry-leading road hazard protection, there's only one choice, Hercules Tires. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com or call 800-677-9535. Hercules Tires, right on our strength. NASCAR Today continues on the Motor Racing Network. Let's go to Alan Bestwick. Well, we're at the gas pumps in the garage area of North Wilkesboro Speedway. Jeff Bodine is here uh, trying to cool himself off and having a cold drink. Jeff, that last lap was a wild one. Tell us about it. You know, it's amazing how these Winston Cup races, 400 laps or 500 miles, whatever they are, just about always come down to the last lap for the whole race. I mean, up until that last 10 laps, it was just somebody get out in front and go and then they'd fall back and switch back and forth but that last 10 laps or five laps really i guess was pretty exciting and uh well the people here in north wilkesburg got their money's worth and uh it's good to see the two conwood cars up front uh, kodiak and levi garrett uh i hope that makes them happy it made us happy today and it was really a good race out there uh, what happened over in, in turn two when you got underneath rusty did he did he spin in front of you well he you know he was uh protecting his lane and he went in the corner, got a little sideways, and I bumped him, and that got him more sideways and allowed me to slip back underneath him. Uh, going into three, I'm not sure what happened. Uh, I thought I had the thing one, and just going in there real nice and easy and low, next thing I was sideways. So uh, and I think I ended up third. <laughs> That's the bad part about it. Jeff uh, nipped by Phil Parsons at the line. Third place finish today. Let's go to Jim Phillips. And we've got a happy winner in victory lane. Rusty Wallace brings the Kodiak Pontiac in after the ride up on the lift. Rusty, it was a wild race. Sure was, you know, it was, uh, it was real tight when me and Jeff got together in the white flag lap going into turn one, and then him and I got back together going into turn three, and uh, that was racing, that was excited, boy, he done a great job. When you had the accident well, with Jimmy Means, did it knock the car out any? No, it's okay. It was a tight last lap, there's no doubt about that, you know, uh, uh, Jeff ran a super race, and so did uh, Darrell Waltrip and Jeff Bodine, and I tell you, Ricky Rudd really had a good car, but uh, 
We brought the Kodiak Pontiac home number one. You know, that's what it's all about in this Winston Cup chase. And uh, uh, that's a close race, a little closer than I like, but, you know, you got to get the job done. How bad did it hurt your car when Jimmy Means and you got together? Well, Jimmy Means and I got together down there. I tried to go underneath him, and he didn't see me down there. And uh, we just got together, and that was it. And I thought that was it because the uh, toe end was knocked out real bad, and we got, the, got it fixed. But uh, it was an exciting race. I'm really proud to win at North Wilkesboro because this is such a beautiful racetrack. Enix Stale and NASCAR done a super job up here. So a proud winner, Rusty Wallace and his crew here in Victory Lane. I'll tell you, on the heels of last week, the way that team pulled one out and did so, working so very hard in the pits, they followed up with this one here today. It's been quite a couple of weeks for that Kodiak Pontiac team. Let's go back to Alan Bestwick. Well, walking through the garage with Phil Parsons. Phil, you snuck in there for a second-place finish. You had a strong run all day. Well, we really did. Uh, We changed brand of tires on the first caution flag, or maybe the second, whenever it was. And, uh, you know, we got us way behind, so we never got in sync. We ran as well as we did at the end all day, but we never could get up front with the leaders to show it until the very end. But uh, I'd just like to thank Richard and, and Brooksy and Terry and Claude and all the guys because they really, they really have been working hard. And I, kept, I told Richard about a month ago, I said, Richard, hang in there. We'll get us a good run sometime, and I, we got it for him today. What would you see when you come up in the, in the turns three and four running third on the last lap? I thought I was going to win the race, to be honest with you, because uh, Bodine gave Rusty a nudge in one and two to get by him, and then Rusty returned the favor. They both got sideways, and I tried to stick my nose up, and Rusty got to straighten out a little too quick. Bodine, we beat Bodine, but Rusty got to straighten up a little too quick for us. I thought we was going to win the race. That's Phil Parsons, second place today. Well, they close out the short track season in style here this afternoon. And talking about Rusty Wallace, remember at Darlington when he just almost melted the car down mm-hmm. trying to chase yeah. down Bill Elliott down there and win that thing? He is the last six or seven races been unreal. It really has been quite a stretch. He was 109 points behind going into today's race. And the way things stack up right now, there will only be a swing of, what, 5, 10, 15, 20 points between uh, Rusty and Bill. So you'll be looking at uh, some 79 or 89 points, rather, going into next weekend's activity in Rockingham. As we said earlier, this Winston Cup point chase is obviously going to go straight down to Atlanta now with 89 points uh, separating the top two teams. The Goodies Headache Award has been voted upon uh, by the media in attendance. Ricky Rudd will pick up the $750 from Goodies after a strong, strong run this afternoon, but he was not there at the finish to win it, but he did have the dominating car for much of the day. $250 also going to the folks at the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem as part of the Goodies program this year. The Peak Roses Stores Cool Move of the Race Award. Let's open it up out there on top of the Holly Farm scoreboard. Joe Moore had a bird's eye view all day. Eli, you know, I was first thinking about giving that uh, award to, uh, to the winner of the race today. Rusty Wallace, he did such a good job in handling a car that wasn't handling that well and coming through a couple of uh, sideways slides through some of the corners, but of course he won the race. So I'm going to go for the second place man. Phil Parsons had a similar situation. His car did not handle that well today. He did a great job, and Phil's not a guy who's known to uh, to do that well on some of the short tracks. He seems to be putting that program together, and I'm going to vote for Phil Parsons today. Jim Phillips? I'm going to vote for Phil Parsons also. Not only did he miss a lot of that action, but he also made a good move by even getting around Jeff Bodine. So I'm going to go along with Bill Parsons, too. Alan Bestwick. Well, I'm going to give my nod to Morgan Shepard. I was standing up the turn four end of, of uh, Pit Road most of the afternoon watching the cars come off the turn, and I have yet to understand how Morgan has a whole race car to take back to the garage with him. That car was handling so poorly off of turn four, it was all he could do to keep it off the wall all day and to survive 400 laps at North Wilkesboro like that. That's a pretty cool race. I'll give my nod to Morgan Shepard. I'm going to have to uh, throw a nod towards Phil Parsons, Barney, in light of the fact that he did make a fine move there at the finish. Thought he might just win the race, came up second, but his car was maybe not quite as uh, ill-handling as Morgan's was, but for much of the day it was darn close. Uh, He and Richard and Morgan 
Morgan and a few others had their own little groove up there near the wall. So uh, Phil battled it much of the day, stayed on the lead lap when there were times you thought he wouldn't be able to. I'll nominate Phil Parsons. That's a good nomination, and so was Morgan Shepard. I was thinking of Brett Bodine a couple of times when they had problems up there in turn number four. He was running there full throttle and made a good move to avoid getting into an accident. So regardless of how I vote, I think I'll cast a vote for Brett Bodine for an honorable mention here this afternoon, but the money will go to Phil Parsons. So $500 and five points in our season-long balloting in the Peak Roses Store's Coolest Move of the Race Award. Phil Parsons is the winner here this afternoon. Rusty won it unofficially. Second was Phil Parsons. Third, Jeff Bodine. Fourth, Terry Labonte. Fifth, Bill Elliott. Sixth, Dale Earnhardt. And seventh, that's as far back as we can take you right now, would have been Ricky Rudd. We'll take you a little further back before we go off the air. We will have the full rundown, but first let's go back to Alan Bestwick in the garage. With the fourth place finisher, Terry Labonte. Terry, you, you ran strong all day in the Budweiser Chevrolet. Just couldn't seem to get it to the front. No, we didn't have it uh, quite as good as we wished we would have. Uh, the car ran pretty good all day long. We were off just a little bit. The car kept getting loose with us. Uh, and then finally, you know, we just kept working with it and working with it. And we got it a little bit better, but it wasn't near as good as we had uh, hoped for. The left side of that car is pretty well used up. Tire marks, a lot of paint missing. Did you get involved in some of that last lap shuffle? Well, I got in the, involved in the deal between Rudd and uh, Earnhardt up there. And uh, uh, one of them hit me in the left side. I guess it was Rudd hit me up there when I was trying to go by him. But it didn't really mess the car up. Just... Uh, Got sheet metal was all. Terry Labonte's going to a track that's been very strong for him next week, Rockingham, for a 500-miler next week. Good luck there, Terry. Okay, thank you. I also want to mention while we have it here that uh, Larry McReynolds of the Ricky Rudd Quaker State Buick team was voted the TRW mechanic of the race. He'll get $1,000 from the folks at TRW. Let's go to Jim Phillips. And we have Bill Elliott. He finished fifth in today's race, Ran, led the race, picked up those extra points, and he did what uh, point leader's supposed to do. You went out there and protected that lead. Well, the thing of it is, Rusty ran good, and he's the one that's got to come back and do everything to win, and, and he did a great job today. He did everything he needed to do, and he won the race. Well, the main thing we got to do is strive and not fall out any races. You know, the next three races are going to be critical. You know, I think the more pressure is going to be on him as far as what's going on, but, you know, still, you know, one or other of us, I think I think Earnhardt's going to have to, have to come a long way. We're both going to have to have a lot of trouble before Dale can catch us at this point in time. But still, you know, between Rockingham, Phoenix, and Atlanta, you never know what's going to happen. But, I'm, you know, I'm tickled with today. You know, all the guys worked hard. They did a great job. And, you know, we'll go on to Rockingham. You pulled out all the stuff, though. You changed tires, went from different brands to the other, and you, you went out to win the race. Well, we tried to do everything we did. I still couldn't get, you know, I was, I was tied a little while, and then I was loose a little while. I decided not even to change tires out the end, and, and Labonte got by me. But still, it wasn't a bad day. So, Bill Ellis has got to be feeling good going to Rockingham next week with about the same point lead. Again, as we show it right now, it will be an 89-point differential between the point leader, Bill Elliott, and second place, Rusty Wallace, heading to Rockingham in the AC Delco 500. And we have Dale Earnhardt, Goodrin Chevrolet, finishes sixth today. He was up battling with Ricky Rudd, all at once contact. What happened, Dale? Well, uh, we got together getting in three first. He knocked me sideways and got by me on it first deal. And I tried to get back under him going in one and got into him, and he spun around. Uh, you know, I didn't hit him no harder than he hit me the first the lap before. NASCAR said that, uh, you know, they didn't like that, so they put us both to the back of the lead pack. So, yeah, I took a shot at winning the race away. and Come in and got tires on that last caution and raced back up there and got on the outside of Ricky, and he turned me around up there in uh, three and four intentionally and wrecked the car. And, you know, we was lucky just to get back by him and uh, after a couple laps to go there and finish. So, yeah, it was one of them deals. But you really battled back today. You started 22nd and got up there where you wanted to be, and then all this happened. Well, it was a rough day for us. We kept changing tire staggers and combinations, trying to trying to get it to uh, dial in, and finally we did. 
So Dale Earnhardt, that's the comments of our sixth-place finisher here this afternoon at North Wilkesboro. Seventh place went to Ricky Rudd today. Let's see if Alan Bestwick has caught up with him. Well, Ricky right now has uh, got a swarm of cameras and uh, TV folks around him, and we were going to try and get to him for a second there, but uh, he's not... He's not quite. Uh, he's not quite done yet. ESPN has still got him. So we'll get back to Ricky in just a second. We'll take a look at the running orders. How they come across the line. This is unofficial, but it's what we have uh, before we leave the air this afternoon. The winner, Rusty Wallace. Phil Parsons finishes second. Jeff Bodine third. Terry Labonte runs fourth. Bill Elliott fifth. Dale Earnhardt sixth. Ricky Rudd seventh. Kenny Schrader credited with an eighth place finish. Mike Alexander ninth. Tenth goes to Greg Sachs. Eleventh to Darrell Waltrip. Twelfth to Davey Allison. Thirteenth to Bobby Hillen. Fourteenth to Sterling Marlin. Finishing fifteenth is Brett Bodine. Sixth 16th position, that's Kyle Petty. 17th is Lake Speed. 18th is Richard Petty. 19th is Mark Martin. 20th is Rick Wilson. Dave Marcus, 21st. 22nd is Morgan Shepard. 23rd is Dale Jarrett. 24th, Jimmy Means. 25th, Mike Waltrip. 26th, Ken Bouchard. 27th, Ernie Irvin. Finishing in 28th position is Neil Bonnet. Alan Kowicki comes home in 29th spot. 30th goes to Harry Gant. 31st, Rob Moroso and Lee Falk rounds out the top 32 starters here this afternoon. A couple of updates on racing news from across the country. It was a, a rotten cold day up in Epping, New Hampshire at the Star Speedway, but veteran Bob Dragon picked up the victory there in the final Bush Grand National North Series race of the year. And a fourth place finish, by the way, for Jamie Aubie has clinched the series title for him. In the closest voting of the season, Rob Moroso picks up the Armour Can Meets NASCAR Driver of the Week honors in only his second full season. He was a winner last weekend at the All-Pro Auto Parts 300 in Charlotte. So Rob Moroso gets $500 from Armour Canned Meats. And the Van Camp's Determination Award for last weekend's race at Charlotte, Brett Bodine with his third place finish picking up $2,000. Eli, we're in the garage with Ricky Rudd. Ricky, you ran up front all day and uh, swapped a little medal with Dale Earnhardt towards the end there. Tell us about it. Well, I think clearly we had the best car on hot tires. You know, a couple of guys, Rusty and Dale, they could jump out there on new tires and and go pretty good for a little while, and uh, we just got dealt the cheap shots. You know, Earnhardt gave me a cheap blow. I cleanly worked my way on the inside of him, just waited for his car to give up. He got a little over anxious, went into turn one, and slid up the racetrack. When he did, I stuck my nose in there and got clear cleanly without touching him on the inside. I'm going up the back stretch and dove into turn three, and he chopped me down, chopped me off like I wasn't there, which which really was a stupid move. I mean, he, he almost wrecked himself, and then uh, it comes back to me going into turn one after I passed him and gave me a cheap shot on the inside and turned me around, and Really, that was the race was over for us right then. It knocked the front end out of a line, and uh, and from then and then NASCAR uh, put us at the rear of the field, which, which again I don't understand. I guess you got three guys running for the championship, and that's the only race they really want to see. But uh, very disappointed about the way they handled that situation. But you know, I'm not going to lower myself to be like a Dale Earnhardt. I think we, you know we're going to we're going to win some races with this Quaker State Buick, and uh, uh, I, I will say that he won't win a championship this year if he wants to play this game. I'm not Jeff Bodine. I'm not going to take his crap. So. Uh, we're just looking forward to next week and hopefully finishing the season up with a couple more wins. Ricky Rudd had a strong run today till the end. And some strong words at the end. And this one, uh, well, we kind of knew that tempers were going to flare. You could almost see it coming. And as we said, once it breaks out on a short track, it seems to be epidemic. It goes all the way back through the field. So it'll be interesting to follow this as we go to Rockingham next week. And they'll have a full house down there for that one. There's no question about that. They really will. I've got some new seats in place there at the North Carolina Motor Speedway. And we certainly hope you can make your plans to be there. Bush Pole qualifying is on Thursday. Friday, more practice and qualifying. And we've got a doubleheader next weekend, Barney. We'll be along at 1.15 Saturday with the AC Delco 200 for the Bush Grand National Series. And then one week 
week from today at 12.15 Eastern Time, 500 miles to the Winston Cup cars, and that's always an endurance test, which I guess is appropriate here. Got to go through those also as the season winds down. Yeah, we've got some tough ones coming up, and Rockingham will be a good show. Both the doubleheaders down there next weekend. We kind of look forward to it. I want to see the resumption of this. It's going to be something else, and of course, we'll be with you Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock Eastern Time with NASCAR Live. We'll have a number, or at least uh, some of the competitors from this afternoon's event joining us on Tuesday. We certainly hope you can join us and throw a question or a comment in at 1-800-2-NASCAR, our toll-free number, Tuesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Our thanks to Louise Frazier and Martha Oliver, who handled matters on the scoring loop this afternoon. David Hyatt was our spotter on pit road throughout the day. You heard from Alan Bestwick and from Jim Phillips. Out in turn number one, two, three, and four, and all over the place today was Joe Moore, who covered the action for us in the corners. I know, Barney, you and I both again want to wish our very best to Bobby Cantor, who is recovering at a hospital in Charlotte, North Carolina. Bobby, a longtime member of the Motor Racing Network family, who is now employed by Colwicky Racing, and we hope Bobby is uh, quickly back out with us here on the racing circuit. We wish her a speedy recovery. And that's it from Rocking for uh, North Wilkesboro. Join us next weekend at Rockingham, one fifteen Saturday, twelve fifteen Sunday for the ACDL Code 200 and 500. For Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Thanks for joining us. So long, everybody. The Motor Racing Network's coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series from the North Wilkesboro Speedway has been sponsored by Anheuser-Busch Incorporated. Don't just reach for a beer. Head for the mountains and the smooth taste of Bush beer. By Piedmont Airlines, the only airline in America that flies everywhere these cars fly. Piedmont, the official airline of NASCAR. By Pontiac, we build excitement, so get on your Pontiac and ride. By True Value Hardware Stores, for quality selection and personal attention, make True Value Hardware your store of first choice. By Unical, the winning spirit rides with you every time. It's the spirit of 76. By Peak Antifreeze and Summer Cool. On the track, on the road, peak beats the heat. By the STP Corporation. STP products help your car run right longer. By Armor Star Can Meats, America's number one choice for the great outdoors. By Gatorade Thirst Quencher. Gatorade gives your body what it's thirsty for. By Van Camp's Pork and Beans. Plump tender beans and a rich tomato sauce make Van Camp's America's favorite. And by Ford Trucks, America's truck built Ford Tough. The general manager of the Motor Racing Network is John McMullen. Engineers, Harry Howard and Clay Stalka. Director of Affiliates, Pat Hensley. Assistant, Cheryl Parkman and Greg Robertson. This is Rick Lewis speaking. This broadcast was a presentation of MRN, the Motor Racing Network, a division of International Speedway Corporation. MRN's Throwback Thursday has been brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength, and by Sunoco and Grunt Style. Throwback Thursday can be found on demand at MRN.com iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Throwback Thursday is a production of the Motor Racing Network. All rights reserved.